This podcast is recorded in a house with animals. There are two cats who have been fed recently, I might add, in the room with us making, well, one's cleaning herself and the other one's just lurking because that's what Sergey does. He is a lurker. He is. The other thing we will mention is we swear a lot. Oh, do we ever. And this episode is extra sweary. Because our guest is extra sweary, and we love him for that. We love him for many reasons, not just the extra sweary. Well, bits, yeah, but, just, yes. no, but uh, we're not. Well, actually, I have a content warning. The as long as this the desk I use, <laughs> and it's like an eight foot desk for later. So marking it explicit this week, mostly because of swearing, but we cover some rough topics. We don't get in anything too explicit, but. You'll you'll get the full warning when I get the uh, the interview, but there's going to be some stuff later. I'm just saying. Welcome to Productivity Alchemy episode 108. I have been having a hell of a week. Like good hell of a week, or I think good. I think good. Good, but good. busy. Man, eh, busy, busy. I have new cameras that I installed this weekend, and another one today, uh, this evening in the. Chicken coops. I'm calling it the Panopticoop. Yeah, which he's very proud of that. I'm one. very proud of that one. Uh, there are firmware updates that will allow me to get live streams from them uh, coming up in the near future. If you would like live streams of the chickens, apparently that is a thing we might be able to do. We, we might. I the big thing about lots of people connecting to the cameras to get live streams is it sort of eats bandwidth like Homer Simpson at an all-you-can-eat fish buffet. Yes. And that's a that's a bad thing. So we'll see how it works out. My big thing is I found a project about uh, machine learning and identifying shapes. And what I want to start to do is be able to identify raccoons and other things that get into the coop that aren't people or chickens. I, I'm telling you, you have a camera. You can see when the raccoons are there. You could just have your, your sprinkler set up. And, you know, just push a button when you see the raccoon and it comes up and sprays it. As soon as I, well, I also need the remote control sprinkler, but there's a whole thing about bird man. that doesn't help when I'm asleep. No, but you only have to do it a few times. Raccoons learn. They're very clever mammals. They are. That's why I don't know. That's that's why I want it just to be like they start to come out from behind the thing and blam, 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 because they'll learn that between these hours. I suspect you know, you're overcomplicating the issue because you see a fun engineering challenge. Well, that too. I, I suspect that with a little manual uh, monitoring, you could probably... I, I'm, I'm a system engineer. If you have to do it more than twice, write a script. Automate that sucker. Sweetie. And it'll be fun to do. Okay, see, we're on a spectrum here <laughs> that that on one side is how I was raised, which yes. is when the when a predator gets into the hen house, you sit up with the shotgun mm -hmm. and when it comes back, you shoot it. Yeah. Uh, my father was very good about, he was of the opinion, if if the animals went into the chaparral, that was the coyote's territory. The coyote right. had every right to be there. 
what happened happened. If they came into his chicken coop, that was his, and they did not get to be there. And so, yeah, it was very clear boundaries. But, see, (laughs) I assume that ownership of livestock, and for these purposes, chickens or livestock, means that sometimes you just sit up and do things manually. Yes. And that works when we're home, when we're awake, when we're not in Ireland for a week. I mean, that Okay, was... okay but we don't actually know if it works yet. No, no, we so don't. So before you invest time in engineering, you should try manually spraying a couple of raccoons. I'm, I'm working towards that, yes. Okay. Then once, once you are spraying the raccoons, mm-hmm. perhaps then move to your machine learning issue, but I think you are putting the cart several leagues in front of the horse. It'd still be cool. Oh, now we get to the real reason. That's right. <laughs> and look, <sighs> it's it's not like, I mean, there was the one guy who set up, what was it, a Nerf cannon on his? So that when the squirrel came to the feeder, not a bird, not a not a person, but a squirrel, it would shoot a Nerf gun at it. Okay, that's... That's fine, except you'd have to get up in the morning and clean up the nerf. Right, but that's why I want something like a water cannon. That I don't have to clean up. It's all fun and games until Lord stands in the wrong pose and the machine learning thinks he's a raccoon and you have a wet rooster. That's why I'm going to spend a lot of time training it before we... Or, Or you could try doing it manually and see if it actually works or if raccoons are just like, meh. I'm wet now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I still have to get the sprinkler. I still have to, well, the remote control sprinkler, because I was looking at the automated sprinklers they have out there that do just that. And the problem is they only have one setting. On? Yes. If it moves, blast it. And that's a guaranteed way to get a wet rooster. Well, except that you know when the chickens go in the coop. So can you just have an upstream thing that only turns it on at X time? It. I don't think they have timers. It has a light sensor, so it can do light and dark. So it may be highly... There's a lot... I, I, I am nervous... Yes, but what if it doesn't have water? If you can it, put a timer on the water supply. I, conceivably, I could, yes. 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 So these are, these are all things to consider. It's a neat project. It's something I've been spending a lot of mental time on outside of work as sort of a relaxation thing when I'm not doing, oh, I don't know podcasts playing with the chickens and this week's work which is on call which means i when i it starts at 10 a.m and it ends at 6 a.m in between then i focus almost exclusively on work stuff not that i don't normally focus pretty heavy on work stuff it's just that this one's like okay more intense yeah it's much more monitor that channel watch for pages all that sort of thing it's much more intense not as intense as my um last two jobs like, my last two jobs was guaranteed the moment you were on the clock, it was going to just go for the next six hours, because it was six hours uh, once a week. It was so heavy that that six hours once a week, you wouldn't get lunch, you wouldn't get bathroom breaks unless you were really lucky. Um, and then when that time was up, you'd still have, you know, you've still got two, three hours left in your work day. Well, you're spending that time cleaning up the messes from your six hours because the guy who's because you had on, to pee under the desk because they didn't give you bathroom breaks. That too. Um, <laughs> Jesus but Christ! More importantly, because the guy who is coming on, who is taking over for you from the West Coast, 
now the fire hose of alerts and whatever was pointed at him. So he couldn't, there, there was no handoff mechanism because you couldn't hand off. If you're in the middle of something, by the, when that person came on, they were already getting deluged with the next set of alerts that you weren't getting. And it was just a nonstop, all-day, incredibly stressful thing. Not as much at this job. They have a lot more processes. They have more people. They have a, a good rotation set up. And they have a handoff process. So, like, when I logged on this morning, yes, there was an ongoing incident. Yes, I needed to... but. The person who was on from Europe didn't have to sit there and handhold me or sit through and finish it because I was too busy doing new things. I was We were able to do an effective handoff and continue troubleshooting like seamlessly without having to spend a lot of time briefing. That's fabulous. And that, it's amazing. And so I can expect if we have something that causes me to be doing an incident before right at end of day here, we've got a handoff procedure. And I'll be able to hand it off, and I won't be going until 10 o'clock at night, because that's how long it takes to resolve the thing. And that's that's incredibly important. A lot of people don't think about that when doing on-call or shift work or things like that. You have to have a good handoff procedure, or the especially in IT, because if you can't hand it off and you're just responsible for it until it's done, that's that's how you burn people out. Oh, yeah. That's how you burn people out. But you've also had a productive week. I have. Uh, it's actually been very nice. I went to uh, went to work on Monday at the coffee shop and mm -hmm. wrote words. And then I went again Tuesday. And today is Wednesday. And I have been writing, you know, 1,700, 1,400, uh, whatever quantities of words. Yes. And... I'm doing it in my method, which is that I have <laughs> literally four different manuscripts open. Right. And it's like 500 goes on you. Okay, I've run out of things to say. 600 goes on you. Okay, I've run out of things to say. 200 on you. Okay, out of things to say. Eh, I'm running out of coffee, so only 200 on you. Uh, but... Which I, I realize a lot of people, you know, as, as I've expressed before, I friend of mine is like, I don't know how you can work like that. Right. Which is fine. You know, she has to go heads down in a manuscript, produces great work. I spend, you know, I, I don't, I like not having to know ultimately what I am saying forever. I just have to know what the next 500 words are. Right. And then right. once, or sometimes just the next 200 words. And sometimes it's... Sometimes I have no idea what happens beyond that 200 words. <laughs> and sometimes I know where 200 words go, but not anywhere in the continuity. So I just flip forward and go, okay, I thought of this last night while I was trying to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. Speaking of falling asleep, I yes. read a fascinating article about ADD and sleep. Oh, really? Yes. I think I probably have the ADD. You think? <laughs> well... The description of uh, sleep disruption. Apparently, sleep mm -hmm. disruption is extremely normal. Yep. And it's your mind races for an hour or two. Yep. You, it's, it's just boom, boom, boom. You're thinking. You're having ideas. Things are going. Uh, and occasionally, if I have bad insomnia, I will even get up and write. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, stuff is just going. And then somewhere about half to two-thirds of the way through the night, you finally fall asleep, and you sleep like the dead and cannot be woken. Yes. 
Uh, does, does this sound like anyone to you, dear? There, there are times when it is very difficult to wake you up, yes. And then in the morning, you can be extremely groggy and hard to wake up and surly. Yeah. And uh, honestly, between that and the sleep apnea, mm-hmm. it's kind of no wonder that I needed 12 hours a day. Still need 12 time. hours a day. No, I really don't. You've been, oh, I guess, I don't know what time you fall asleep. Uh, usually 3.33. 3, 3, 3, 3 to 3.30, and then you get up around 10 or 11. 10.30, 10.30, yeah, so that's seven, seven hours, hours right there. And then you have a nap for two to three hours. No, I actually don't. I sit around, fuck around on Twitter, and get about 45 minutes of sleep. Uh, oh, so your nap time is actually decreasing. Uh, with the one exception that mm-hmm. if I am very tired and I put on my sleep mask thing, yes, yes, your I will mask. go down for about three hours ah. hard. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm, when I go to take a nap, I'm usually just kind of like laying down and looking at the internet. It's, it's mostly decompressing. decompression. Yeah, it's, time. it's, I have written, you know, 1400 words or whatever. Yep. And and again, uh, I'll say this for the benefit of anyone coming in early. Uh, everybody writes at different speed. There are people who have to write five thousand words a day, and more mm-hmm. power to them. Uh, a lot of those people will say that they wind up not being able to keep, you know, two or three thousand words of that. They cut them yeah. out or whatever. Uh, my word counts are generally lower. I try to do a thousand words a day. But I get to keep 99.9% of them. It's not necessarily because they're better words. It may just be because it's just uh, brain, the way brains are wired. It's not that Mm -hmm. I am inherently a better writer. It's just that uh, I don't have to have a process where I throw everything against a wall to see what sticks and cut out what doesn't work. Uh, Things filter more automatically, but that means I write less. Yeah, I've seen uh, authors, two authors in particular, who are like, yes, I go between a thousand and two thousand words a day as I'm working on a project and then I get towards the end and it just clicks and I'll have like a ten thousand word day. Uh, yeah, I do that. And then they have to recover for a week afterwards. Yeah, you do you do ten thousand words in a day and and well, at least if I do, my brain feels like a sponge full of blood. Yeah. So. Visceral. Yeah. So very visceral. Okay, thinking of visceral, no, this isn't really a visceral talk we've got coming up, but this segment of the talk as uh, there's a whole bunch of links that came out of this this segment of my chat with Dino. There are, I mean, like tons and tons of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but there are also some things we touch on that are relatively sensitive subjects. Whoops. Um, where did my... Where did my list of of things? You copied it and then never pasted it. Yeah, anywhere. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm bringing up a thing so I can paste it in so that I can see it again. Um, yeah, no, we we talked about a lot of things, and because we we meander, um, what did come out of it was an amazing discussion on hospitality and rules around hospitality. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Uh, which uh, it it yeah. has astonished me some night without listening to the talk. Uh, mm-hmm. It does sometimes astound me how viscerally I at least react to rules of hospitality being violated. Like, um, uh, 
Like, not if you don't feed people who show up hungry or like all those people at the border taking yes. away the water, I'm like, yeah. you, you're not allowed to do that. That's- that is, yeah, that is specifically something we talk about. Yeah. So, but overall, the content warning for this particular segment of the of the chat: uh, bodily functions, uh, the Sharon Harris nuclear plant, uh, parasites, sex, poverty, politics, refugee politics, border politics, severe weather. And I think that covers a lot of it. But in between all that, or on other sides of that, we have some amazing uh, tips on appliances, on uh, not hurting yourself when using a knife. (laughs) Um, There's just, I mean, the links for this episode, there are just, I, I feel like two dozen because there was just so much crammed into this block that I'm about to start that it it's just amazing and then we're going to wrap up next week with a much shorter this is the longest segment of the entire thing so we'll have that part of the talk with dino right after this that part of the reason why you got that capsaicin poisoning that one time um yeah probably um <laughs> you remember what i'm talking oh yeah, about yeah 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 where i'm like i why am i peeing spicy this is not not appropriate here right. um by the way guys uh, uh trigger warning for bodily functions let me make sure i make a note of that on the notes. <laughs> um um, surprised we haven't brought up poop yet, so like, <laughs> oh, we can. There's a whole. Well, we sort of did, but that's yes. um, that's that's. But the whole the whole idea, yeah, around capsaicin poisoning, where you've had too much, where you've actually done the body. You know, your stomach is not happy with you. Your guts are not right. happy with you. Your bladder's not happy with you. Yeah, no. that's what happened. Is um, we had made. Uh, I think there were some reapers involved. Uh, there yes. was there was some other stuff involved, and. Um, and you just went at it full force. Yeah, and... because and but that's 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 the thing is people don't realize you can overdo it and you can do real damage to yourself. Yes. Um which is why I like the hot and spicy but much more in moderation now than <laughs> But the whole idea around around that is knowing that there's so many things that go into making a hot pepper a hot pepper. Right. right. The amount of rainfall, the amount of heat, uh, not like physical, like actual sunlight and like ambient yeah. temperature, not like heat inside it, obviously. But that the production of capsaicin in a hot pepper is a defense mechanism. Right. So if it's dry, if it's, um, you know, if it's a bad season, if it's too hot, the pepper is going to produce more capsaicin as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. to make sure other things don't eat it versus on a year where it's, mild temperature and lots of water and all that, mm-hmm. the peppers tend to be sweeter and not quite as hot. Right. Right. So tasting before you start cooking. Yeah. Sometimes a little dangerous, but gives you an idea as, as to what you might be dealing with in terms mm-hmm. of that jalapeno. Um, 
it helps also that I, I've built up a tolerance so I can say, yes, this is, this is going to be a hotter jalapeno with a little spicy versus like never having it and just having like that little slice. And it might be, it might overall be a sweet pepper, but if you're not used to or understand the heat profile in these things, you're mm-hmm. like, my face is melting and there's tears right. running down and oh yes. my God, this is so hot. And it may be not, maybe it's actually right. a mild version. And when you get a hot one, you're going to be really sorry. You're going to be in a world of hurt. Right. Or, or, you know, but I have to watch the other side of the balance is if I think something's mild, I need to be aware that it probably is warmer than I'm giving it credit for because I have a heat tolerance because I eat spicy foods. So I need Mm -hmm. to know that so my chipotle soup we were talking about earlier, right? Had a bunch in the freezer, right? That I made over the winter, um, needed a dinner. Uh, just a quick dinner after I got back from California, made some Mm -hmm. rice, made the soup, put the beans and put the bean soup over. Well, I mean, you know, drain it off, but put the beans over the rice done. Right. Right. Because soups keep again, because soups can keep a long time in the freezer and you can reheat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because I just had mouth surgery, because Mm. I hadn't been allowed to have spicy food for Mm. about a month. What? And I'm like taking this and I'm like, holy crap, is it always this spicy? And she's like, (laughs) yeah. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. Apparently I've been burning all of you at the stake (laughs) and not realizing it. I mean, my tolerance is coming back up because I'm having spices again. I I can have spicy again because the the thing in my mouth is is healed enough that it's not, you know, that I'm not going to be damaging it or myself by getting a little little capsaicin in there. but I mean, that's the whole thing is you, you have to be, when dealing with spices, when, when dealing with things in advance that are actually going to mature, you, you, you do have to be aware of the base that you're working with and your own tolerances and preferences, because I might say, this is amazing and it's hot and it's just spicy enough. And meanwhile, it's melting everybody else's face off right? because I'm not taking into account, I eat spicy food all the damn time. Right. Yeah. And you can always adjust up. You can't adjust down. Right. <laughs> uh, no, there's a trick. There's a trick. Okay. Sugar. Okay. Just a little sugar. Sugar is sort of the the opposite of is is the opposite of capsaicin. Okay. Right. So it'll tame it a bit. It tames it a bit. So yeah, that's how they um that is how the Scoville scale was originally done. Oh right. Yeah, you're yeah. right. They would he, squirt sugar water in your mouth. Yeah. How many sprays of sugar water does it take to <laughs> take the heat away? Because right. the sugar counteracts it. Right. Right. Um milk not as good um no because it's a fat so like yeah it's not gonna help you yeah it, it sort of swirls things around and recoats it um mm-hmm. but like if if i've done a chili and yeah it's too hot i can just sprinkle a little sugar or i can add something that's a little sweeter and that will that counterbalances okay right good to know yeah um something i learned just yeah. learned about, you know um and if you're cooking with an alcohol like if you're making a uh, a chili with some some sweet bourbon mm-hmm. as part of the base. Yes, you're kind of cooking off the alcohol, but the sweetness in the bourbon will actually help with uh, counterbalance the heat. The heat, okay. And then the smokiness um, in the bourbon will, you know, maybe you've you've got something else, but you could also do things like you roast the peppers in advance. Roasted peppers get mm-hmm. sweeter and sometimes hotter. Oh, God, I mm-hmm. killed myself on one of those ones. But... um <laughs> But that smoky flavor adds a depth that you don't get from just doing it raw or just adding right. a, a straight sweetness. Like, uh, and that's why I like 
cooking with um with bourbons and whiskeys sometimes not the expensive mm-hmm. stuff because the expensive stuff i mean you know i'll drink the stuff i'm who was it justin wilson never cook with something you wouldn't drink yeah god i miss that man um but uh, uh but the whole idea is you you get those extra depths of flavors by adding in things and being aware of what it's going to do to the other ingredients. Right. Yeah. Um, actually, the chili I made for um, Tasha, um, I threw in a bunch of brandy. Yeah. Oh, because yeah. it was a little flat, and mm-hmm. I was like, "We can do, we can we can punch this up a bit." Um, it was the two brothers brandy, um, relatively inexpensive brandy. Um, right pretty easy to find anywhere mm-hmm. uh heaved in a couple of cups in there and it just brightened it up yeah something about it yeah it's gonna it's gonna add just that little extra pop that little extra mm-hmm. depth like um okay now i i i admit i will not cook with a, a whiskey or a bourbon or a brandy or hard liquor that i'm not going to drink right like, i'm not going to go out and buy i don't have a cooking bottle of jack daniels in my mm-hmm. in my cabinet that that's to guess Jack Daniels because for whatever reason some people like Jack Daniels. Yeah. Um, eh, eh, personal preference, but you know I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna use the the hundred dollar bottle of eighteen year old, um, whatever single malt, right? Single malt, yeah. No, um, maybe maybe a nice bargain. God, what I can see the bottle from here, but I can't. Oh no, I put it in the cabinet, so I can't see the bottle. But the <laughs> the the bourbon I was having on the last KOEC, right? Mm-hmm. Acceptable to drink. Um, not very expensive. It was the old crow, Mm. the old crow, like acceptable to drink, not very expensive, but adding a little bit of that to a chili or, you know, depending on what it is you're doing, it's going to add just that extra popper depth. Right. Right. Yeah. And again, like everything, it's all about the quality of the ingredients. Like Mm -hmm. old crow is going to give you so much more than, you know, the dollar 50, um, you know, shitty stuff. Shitty stuff. Or, you know, if you're going for it, like the Jim Beam, which is slightly higher quality, a little more expensive, but you have to be aware. You have to know what they taste like. You can't just mm-hmm. say, I'm grabbing a bourbon and I'm pouring it in. No, you have to know what that bourbon's going to do. Yeah. Right. Uh, it's it's the same. Like, uh, so I've, I've noticed a couple of things um, with regards to cooking where it's like, if you feel like it's missing something, mm-hmm. my first step is to add salt. And yes. see if that fixes it. Um, mm-hmm. Because usually it's because I didn't salt it enough, um, yeah. which is weird because I like things very, very salty. So I tend to. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll add salt, see where it goes. If that still doesn't fix it, um, I'll add alcohol. So like, you know, mm-hmm. brandy, bourbon, vodka, yep. you know, wine, vermouth, um, something to mm-hmm. just. Yep. Wake it up. But but knowing that each of those has a different flavor profile and yes. it's each one's gonna have a different effect. Like Correct. deglazing with wine is very different from deglazing with vermouth. Correct. Yeah. Um yeah. but uh that I, I do keep vermouth on hand, um, both for martinis and for cooking. Right. Um lots and lots of martinis. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but like I find that usually the alcohol will do the trick because mm-hmm. it also brings some acidity. It brings some mm-hmm. brightness. It brings, yep. um, and, uh, Alton Brown explains about like fat soluble flavors mm-hmm. versus water soluble versus yep. alcohol soluble. Yep. Um, so usually that'll sort it, but if mm-hmm. it's still not quite where I want it, um, that's when I turn to acid. Yes. Um, salt, fat, acid, vinegar. Heat. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, th- then I'll add some like vinegar or like mm-hmm. some lemon juice or lime juice or, or something. And usually by then we're good. Mm-hmm. Um, if that doesn't quite do the trick, um, I've, I've learned from lots and lots of experimentation that if I fry some cumin seeds uh, in oil and dump it on top of its head, probably it's going to be fine by that point. Yes. And that's, that's, is that because of the oil, the fat in there, yeah. or is it because of the cumin? The fat and the flavor of the, of the cumin mm-hmm. just like seems to wake everything up and just like bring that smoky kind of earthy, whatever. Right. Um, I, I cannot tell you how many times it saved my ass where I'm like, why is this not quite there? Barring that, um, add extra garlic, mm-hmm. add some herbs, um, yeah. you know, add a couple of pinches of sugar, see if it gets you where you need to right, be. Right. But like play with it and just mm-hmm. kind of like work with what you've got. Um, and, and chances are you're going to get where you want to be. If you just trust in the fact that there's ways to wake it up. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And something interesting occurred to me because we, I salt, fat, acid, heat. I love, I love the show. Love that show. I still need to read the book. I have the book. I have the cookbook, uh-huh. but I haven't read it yet. But Salt fat, the, the show itself sort of awakened this, this whole thing. I, I don't know if it's the internet or if it was cooking or if it's just geeks, and I don't know how long it's going to do, but <laughs> the episode specifically on salt. Yeah. Right, where you're seeing how they make the sea salt in mm. Japan, the umami sea salt from the from the whatever. The uh the difference in flavor between um you know, uh, the Malden's flake salt versus mm-hmm. the Morton's, uh, kosher salt. Uh-huh. They're really, Ursula's like, it's just salt. It's the no, same. It's yeah. Not. Right. So how many different salts do you have in your kitchen? I keep, uh, Himalayan pink salt mm-hmm. blocks, um, the ground Himalayan pink salt, mm-hmm. uh, Malden, uh, the smoked garlic salt that my friend brought me from Savannah. Okay. Um, and diamond kosher, I only use diamond kosher you because diamond. Martin is too chunky for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I believe I also have like the regular block rock salt, like the regular white rock salt. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I have this like super fine salt um, that I use for popcorn and things like that, where I just yeah. wanted to give it a quick dusting. And of course, Flavicol because why not? Why not? Yeah. Um, but the whole, the whole idea around it is like, yeah, no, I had no idea that, I mean, I knew like there were different kinds of salt. I mean, I knew like the, the Morton's kosher, which is what I use. Um, uh-huh. cause I, I like it a little better, but I didn't know about the Maldens. I didn't, I sort of knew about the Himalayan. I, you know, and then the infused salts, like, oh my God, I love like a hickory smoke salt. Hickory smoked salt is lovely. Yeah, so you just you get that smoky flavor, and you're already adding the salt. So you know, mm-hmm. you sometimes you don't have to add extra salt because it's already there. Right. Um, but the impact and the difference that different salts of all things have on things yes. and the different flavors, like, and again, you know, Ursula. Well, water is water, and I can't really, and, and it's all the same. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. No, you know, my tap water tastes very different from Speyside River water, from New mm-hmm. York City tap water, from yeah. um, fresh off the mountain, you know, spring water mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, I can tell the difference and I can tell the difference it has in different applications, mm-hmm. right? Salt is the same way. Yeah. Like I've noticed a big difference in flavor and not because it's saltier, but 
um, following the salt, fat, acid, heat of salt the fuck out of your meat with the yeah. Maldens yeah. versus kind of salting it with my with my uh, with my Morton's kosher, mm-hmm. right? Big difference, big change, huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's all sodium chloride, sure. I I don't you know it's it's um it's been amazing what kind of a difference that makes. Well, so the, the, the reason that the different salts taste different is that they have a different texture. So, like, if you're salting the meat with, like, a Morton's, um, the the grains are smaller than that of the mal- uh, of the Malden. Um, so, like, if you salt the shit out of it with the Malden, you're still using a fraction of what you would were you to do the same with the Morton's because okay. the crystals are so much bigger. Um, right. And that, too, they don't dissolve in quite the same way. So you notice how, like, the malt, uh, the Malden salt has that pyramidal shape? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So it's not going to sit flush against the meat. You're going to have little points, you know, that, yeah. are, that are not touching the meat, which means that it's not going to melt in quite the same way as would the Morton, where they're very thin, flat flakes. So yeah. when you you know, shower that fucker with Morton, um, everything's sitting flush against the meat, which means it's going to dissolve much faster. Um, and especially when you go to cook it, um, you know, that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Well, I mean, I salt when I salt with the Maldens and I'm looking at the meat, it's almost like it's panko breaded. Uh huh. Right. Versus the, the Morton's where I, I, I get the salt on there. Maybe it's the same teaspoonful or whatever, but the salt just disappears. Disappears. Right. Because and it's, it's so flat. It's so yeah. Um and then there's different salts for finishing. Like I'm at the end of the dish, I'm not gonna throw in more Maldens. I'm gonna throw mm-hmm. in that's what I'm gonna use the Himalayan pink, or I'm gonna yeah. use the the um maybe a straight table salt, depending on what sure. I'm after. Yeah. Uh maybe not the iodized table salt. Um but uh No, I haven't touched that stuff in years. Well, I mean we're we're close to a nuclear reactor, so <laughs> I mean, Sharon Harris nuclear plant is only like 10 miles down the road from here. So, yeah, uh-huh. I mean, you know, it's having some around is not a bad idea. <laughs> well, like uh, my ex, um, mm-hmm. after living with me for all those years um, and going back home and having them use like the regular salt, mm-hmm. uh, the, like the Morton uh, canister. Yeah. Um, he was like, I can fully taste the difference between when you cook at home with the diamond um, mm. and this shit where it's the table salt, he's like, he can almost taste that chemicaliness um, yeah. with the anti-clumping agents and the rest of it that mm. they put in there. So it keeps free flowing. Um, so you're absolutely right. Yeah. No, the salt mm-hmm. does make a huge difference and right. up your salt game folks. <laughs> it's yeah, not no. that hard. Yeah. And it's, 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 I, I admit that, like the day after salt, fat, acid, heat dropped on Netflix, mm-hmm. I'm like, I need to get in. I need to up my salt game. And I'm like, Amazon's fucking sold out of Malden. What? Right. Yeah. No, they were like, yeah, it's going to be an extra day while we wait for stock. I went to the teeter, the Harris teeter, the grocery uh-huh. store. And there was like this empty spot for Malden. This is like, she mentioned that one specifically. <laughs> like within the week, everybody was buying that one specifically. <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about viral marketing. That was that was nuts. And I don't think that was the intent, but... Um, That's why it took like two weeks for Whole Foods to restock the Malden. Yeah. So where I live, um, I don't like to leave my house because yeah. Evil Daystar, other people, yeah, all no. that shit. Um, so I get everything delivered 
because I can't be arsed to get off my butt. Um, so when I make my Whole Foods order um, on the Amazon Prime now, mm-hmm. uh, which, God bless those people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if it wasn't for grocery delivery, like I would be eating nothing because it's just like, ugh, I have to go shopping. Ugh, ugh. Um, two weeks it took for, oh, yeah. for me to get a box of Malden. And I was like, what the absolute shit because they were delivering from the uh location on um 25th and 7th um yeah not the one from newark um because i'm closer to manhattan than i am to newark right um two fucking weeks to find i, I was just like what, what? are we doing yeah, <laughs> what no. is going on and it's it's because there was this mad rush on maldens yeah when that dropped and i mean i understand the hype i understand why that is her preferred um her preferred salt uh and it's easier to get now because of course the the thing is past and people will buy in bulk this salt that they're going to use maybe not as often as the rest of us sure sure you know (laughs) it's like my my grinder for the himalayan pink salt like Mm -hmm. i have i you know it's it's you you can buy oh my god you can just buy pre-grind like pre-grinder now in the stores it's great like i don't buy black pepper anymore i just buy the uh or or pre-ground black pepper unless i have to i just buy well i mean yeah but i i buy i buy like the the little jar that has the grinder built in Uh of peppercorns like yeah but no i had a recipe that asked for a quarter tablespoon or a quarter teaspoon of of black pepper Mm -hmm. and Okay, in that particular instance, I don't want to sit there with a grinder until I get a quarter teaspoon, because right. it takes forever. I'll buy, I mean, it's the same brand of pepper. It's <laughs> it literally, I mean, okay, it's McCormick's. It's not the greatest, but it's what I can get. Right. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's, I'm just like, okay, I'll buy the thing of, of pre-ground black pepper versus the thing of black pepper, because <laughs> I'm watching you like, yeah, there you go. Yeah. So this is the unicorn. Um, okay. If you ever want to grind, so so for those of you who pepper, can't actually one. see, Dino has just gotten his two pepper grinders. <laughs> yes. All right. Is is one a pepper grinder and one a salt grinder? No, they're both pepper grinders. Okay. I have a separate salt grinder. Yes. So this one is the unicorn. This is the one that Alton Brown uses on his show all the time. Ah. Uh, when you need massive amounts of pepper, this is the one you use. Okay. Um. So this this is the large one. It's the Magnum, as you do. Um. And this I'll go through in maybe like six months or so, give or take. Yeah. Um, worth every penny. It is a little bit uh, on the pricey side. But what is what is the literal name of that one? It cannot be called the Magnum Unicorn. Yeah, Unicorn Magnum. Unicorn Magnum. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that, uh, that sounds like it would... Um... So there's the fill hole. <laughs> Um, you don't unscrew anything. That's, that's how you fill it. Like, and and this thing is an absolute monster beast. Like, um, I'm holding up my hand for size comparison. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, that's, that's a very, I mean, that's, that's not on the, the eight foot long, I'm holding at a distance grinding at the, the, yeah, but it's, it's not small. It's not small. And then this one is the, uh, Peugeot, um, pepper grinder. I'll hold it up so you can see the brand name right there. Yeah. P-E-U-G-O-T, like the car. Yeah, I was going to say, does it, it makes sense that the car manufacturer would make pepper grinders. Yeah. Um, this one I like because um, it will grind super, super, super fine. 
Yeah. The issue that I have with the Magnum is that its um, grind size is sometimes inconsistent. So sometimes mm. I'll have big flakes and small flakes and whatever. Right. But when I'm doing masses of black pepper, I don't give a shit. I just want it done now. Whereas with the Peugeot, this one gets it super duper duper fine. So like, you know, when you get like right. um, the garden tomatoes and you want to put some salt and pepper on them, oh, this yeah. is the yeah. one I reach for. And filling mechanism has rare earth magnets on. It just comes oh, right off. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. No worrying uh, about unscrewing it and the whole thing falling apart. You just pop it off because it's it rare earth magnets. Done. Yeah. Um, and they're both really pricey like um <laughs> i think the unicorn was like 45 bucks 50 bucks thereabouts yeah um the peugeot is 75 well yeah so you're, you're talking a good chunk of change yeah. but for me okay so um pepper is native to india mm -hmm. uh, and in south indian food um more than chilies we use black pepper to you know bring the warmth to it oh yeah um so south indians tend to go through a lot of black pepper because pretty much all our recipes call for it in massive quantities. Um, so, okay, maybe I'm a little extra and I like, you know, mm. things to be just so. <laughs> like, uh, the, the fact that I own two fucking pepper grinders because I don't like the grind size on the one of them, but I don't like the speed of the other one. <laughs> mm, no, no. I mean, I'm, I have, okay, I have like three coffee grinders. Let's be oh, honest. Okay. You know, I've got, I've got the one that's integrated into the day-to-day -day coffee pot, mm -hmm. right? I've got the other one with the bin and the adjustable sizes and the, the whatever mm -hmm. that, so if I want a specific grind for a specific coffee application, I just put the beans in the bin and I grind it just, just to my, to my sizing requirements. And yeah, I have, although it's integrated into the one coffee cup because it's a travel cup with a built-in grinder and filter. Oh yeah, this thing's awesome. So <laughs> I can hand grind, right, ah. straight into the filter and then pour over. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that is that is coffee snobbery in the extreme. <laughs> not gonna lie. I mean, that is almost Seattle level that or no, not yeah. Seattle level. That is almost Brooklyn hipster level <laughs> of coffee. It's not a Chemex where, oh, I only drink the Chemex with the cloth right. and the whatever. Yeah, no. Fucking pour overs, pour over, guys. Period. The fact that it's a glass special thing is just you being snotty. You can do pour over with the same paper filters in a plastic fucking funnel. Or like stainless steel. Or stainless steel. Yeah, you can you don't need the fancy pot to do the pour over. Uh my ex was also a big coffee drinker i think he still is yeah. um we would go through about um a pound of the stuff every week mm -hmm. and i don't touch the stuff because i don't need it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like this naturally like this is this is me like oh, yeah. normal um i'm aware so, of that i believe longtime listeners of the show are aware of that what's that? <laughs> <laughs> that that you are like this normally and that if we amp you up it is a bad idea it's a bad bad, bad idea. idea yeah so um he he broke, I think, two uh, French presses because mm -hmm. um, the fucking glass thing was they're, – they're, they're so fragile. It's like you, right. you look at them the wrong way, they break. And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. There has to be a better way. So I went and Googled if there's such a thing as um, a stainless steel French press. Right. Um, sure as shit, there are, mm -hmm. and they're really, really good. Um, 
so I bought him the French press and I got him an electric kettle. Um, and there's one brand that I've always used, uh, and I don't trust any other ones and I cannot remember the name of it. Let me think it'll come Mm. to me later. Um, and I got him, um, I always bought him, uh, whole beans from uh, Puerto Rico in New York city. Yeah. Um, because they sell them like the organic is like nine bucks a pound. Yeah, no, because you can, you can, the one of the things I loved about New York that I kind of miss is that I can go to a neighborhood and get yeah. like that ethnic food cheap, 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 like the same. If I want to buy that same coffee in Raleigh, it's going to cost me 30 bucks minimum. Christ. Right. I mean, it's going to be prepackaged, but I have to go to the specialty store. Right. There is no dirt cheap. Oh, my God. It's not like like in oh, China. Kevin, yeah. Puerto Rico ships. Uh, the name of the shop is P-O-R-T-O-R-I-C-O, Puerto Rico. Um, they source their own green beans, they roast it in-house, um, and they will ship anywhere in the United States. Yeah, well, yeah. So, like, I want to go if, – if if I want to get the same stuff that the one coffee shop does that is brewed here locally, it, co- it costs like – It's going to be expensive. Yeah, yeah, it's like $10 a half pound. Jesus Christ. It's good coffee, but I sure. – you know, but I'll I'll buy the other stuff because yeah. I don't. You know, uh, as Emma, if you're listening, I love your coffee, but damn, that's pricey. And <laughs> I can buy a basic French roast, uh, two pounds, three pounds, for the same price as a pound of yours. So right, right? but the uh, whole but that's, the whole idea around it, saying. yeah. Like check out the Puerto mm-hmm. Rico because nine bucks yeah. for organic, I think, is not bad at all. No, no, it's not like and and it depends and it all depends on who's making it and blah 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 mm-hmm. blah. Um, but yeah, no, uh, uh, the French press, like mine, actually is. I don't think mine mine may not be glass. It mm. may be a plastic, but mm-hmm. I mean, you always have to be pl- careful with plastic and hot water. Make sure it's BPA free sure. and yada yada yada. Um, but, like, I have a French press maker to go in my Nalgene bottle. Okay. Right? You know, I just, it it flips out. You just put it in there. You screw it down and done. Um, nice. It's, you don't have to have the fancy glass. You mm-hmm. don't have to have, you know, the, the this, that, and the other. Yes, there are stainless steel out there. You get them. My God, Europe has them in restaurants all the time. Mm-hmm. Like the one, like in, I would get French press in, when we were in Ireland last time, we'd get French press and it would never be in a glass thing. Right. Right. It would always be steel. Um, uh, you know, pour over, they're never using a Chemex. No. Right? They're all. There's no point. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're just making a pour over with, you know, the, the bare minimum to make a pour over. And it's always fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, so it's, it's sometimes the tools are overhyped. They are. Right. And I, I admit my, my cheap ass. Um, I forget the name, what the specific name of it is, but it's the Italian espresso thing. Mm-hmm. The Italian stovetop espresso. It's like angled and... and that that little, um, the two that screw into each other. Yeah, and just yeah, 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 yeah. Mocha pot? Maybe. M-O-K-A um, pot, something like that? Mm, where it's aluminium and um, you put the coffee in that little receptacle thing. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, got yeah, that yeah. long spout. And, and then, then it, it boils up, the up through. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's a mocha. I'll verify. Um, mm. But it's like, I did not get the fancy one. I got the cheap one with the Bakelite handle. Yeah. Right? It works just as well as, you know, mm-hmm. the one I could get at fucking um, uh, Williams-Sonoma for twice the cost. Exactly. Right? 
don't waste your money. Yeah, no. If you're going to, when you when you go for the expensive stuff, do it for the electrical appliances. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference between my Williams-Sonoma toaster oven and what I can buy at the fucking Walmart. Right. Right? Right. There's a big difference between my Zojirushi rice cooker. Yes. And the one, the, the push-button three-quarter or whatever. One. Yeah, at, that I, you know, you can get for cheap at Target or yeah. wherever. Um, oh, that said, uh, mm-hmm. if listeners want like an inexpensive rice cooker, mm-hmm. uh, look for the Aroma um, 8 cup on Amazon. It's $30. Um, it's fully covered. So it's not like those shitty ones with the glass lid. Like it's a, yeah. like a fully insulated um, this thing. It does brown rice, white rice perfectly every single time. Um, and if you look up the reviews on the Amazon, you'll see that it has like thousands upon thousands of people who are satisfied with it i had it i bought mine back in 2012 i believe it was um and it didn't break it's still going i gave it to my boyfriend um because i got (laughs) the nicer one um but like that thing is a fucking workhorse like start to finish rice is done in 20 minutes flat and it's done perfectly every time yeah. If if an early if a fan of KUEC had not get Tugrick, if you're out there, dude, still using it, still awesome, hadn't given us um because he got a different I think he downsized, hadn't mm-hmm. given us the you know, Zojirushi, it does sushi rice, it does brown rice, it yeah. does porridge, it does all that stuff. Um, I would probably have still have an uh, I would probably have an aroma. Yeah. No, the the aroma is worth yeah. every penny. Um and Okay, if if you don't eat rice ever, like thirty bucks may seem like a lot, but like having one extra free burner on your stove to, you know, oh, yeah. cook your rice, it's well worth every penny. I I I swear by those fucking models, mm-hmm. and like every time I've told uh, everyone I've told to buy it has bought it, loved it. It's great. Or if you like, I mean, honestly, if you like a hot breakfast of some sort in the winter, like an oatmeal mm-hmm. or a cream of wheat or a sampa. I haven't done Sampa in it yet, but I will at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Sampa, by the way, the the toasted, the ground toasted barley that they eat all Ooh. the time in Tibet. Um, still, still learning about it, but I mean, I'm still trying to find a fucking source for it here in the states, but I will. <laughs> um, the whole idea, though, is if if you like a porridge, a, a good rice cooker, even a mediocre rice cooker, is so good to have on hand. Yeah, because you can just. Like the night before, here's the, here's the oatmeal, here's the appropriate amount of water, close the lid, like mine has a a timer because it's a fancy one, set the timer to start it, to have it ready by 7am and boom, done. I have oatmeal and keep warm. I have oatmeal for three days, two days, three days. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And even the aroma has that Mm -hmm. uh, timer function. So like I, I used to set it before I would go to work and then come home and rice is done. Right. Yeah. 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 And it, again, back to the whole planning thing, that's. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's one of those things that that makes a big difference if if you've got a good appliance with a timer and a timer function. Yes, yeah. I could go nuts with the uh coffee maker that talks to my Amazon Alexa or you know they have <laughs> I am not making this up. There's a whole series of automation on on if this then that um around smart slow cookers and coffee makers and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But really, all it takes is one with a simple timer. Exactly. You know, exactly. I mean, unless you want to do something fancy like with the, the sous vide where you can monitor the temperature remotely, mm-hmm. which maybe you want to do. 
the slow cooker, the only thing I want to do with a slow cooker that requires any, any remote or timing is turn the fucking thing on. Right. Right. I want to make sure it, it turn it on and stays on. That's all I care about with a slow That's cooker it. or, you know, the instant pot, it's a fire and forget often, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't need to remote control it with my Bluetooth. No, my sous vide. Maybe I monitor a little more because I'm looking for a precise temperature. I'm looking Correct. for maybe not a precise time, but I want to know that it's been going for four hours versus six hours versus eight hours versus one hour. Because mm-hmm. the difference in what uh, in how a sous vide cooks things in that water bath over that amount over the different amounts of time, big difference. Yeah, right. Not as big a difference on the slow cooker, except the flavors tend to merge more. Right. You know. And an hour difference on a slow cooker is no big deal. An hour difference on a sous vide or in an oven may be a big deal. Yeah. Oh, now right. they have Wi-Fi connected ovens. I'm sure. I mean, there's there's Which, a part of me that you know for monitoring like the temperature because that's that's a big problem I've got. Yeah. Right. I want to know. I want to put in a probe and I want to know when the meat hits the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. I keep blowing through probes. Oh. Okay. Right? Either I'm buying shitty probes. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, there's there's something happening where I'll buy one, I'll use it, the temperature, whatever, it works for a while, and then it just stops working. Ah, oh, great. So I'm either burning through the probe wires or I'm buying the wrong the wrong probes. If I've got one integrated in the oven, hopefully it lasts longer. <laughs> right? And it, it gives me sort of a better thing where, yeah, if the oven already knows what temperature it is, what temperature the, the food is, and I can... I can watch it without having to sit there in the oven and mm-hmm. open it up every so often and punch the thing, punch the, you know, put in yeah. the meat thermometer. Then that's, a, you know, a whole other ball of wax. I love having the remote probe thermometers. It's just I can't find one worth a shit. That, that's going to last longer than twice. Then like, yeah, twice, three times, and then I go to clean it. And when I'm done and for whatever reason, the probe no longer works or it just Correct. stops working. Yeah. No, absolutely. You know. um, there, my issue with my oven is that um, I don't think the temperature on the dial is actually what it's doing. Yeah. Um, I'm really tempted to go buy an oven thermometer now because like, I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if it's actually doing what it says that it's doing. Because uh, I don't trust that bitch as far as I can throw her. Like, it's She's not doing what she's supposed to do. So... Uh, Want to tell the listeners, like, chances are whatever it is that your oven's telling you is all lies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I've I've done an oven thermometer, and I can't find it. I think I took it out, and now mm-hmm. I can't, because I needed to move it around or something, and I don't know where it went. But I used to just keep an oven thermometer in there. Yeah. Right? Right there, hanging off the, in the middle, hanging off the, because it, it had the little hook, so it was the hanging. The little grate, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it was hanging off the grate to tell me what that temperature was versus what the oven thought the temperature was Mm -hmm. because they're not putting in amazing temperature sensors to tell you it's preheated to 450 degrees. Correct. It's, it's, it's more like a loose guess basically. Yeah. And, and much like the electric burners, if you watch in order to maintain the temperature, you can watch the, the elements get hotter and cooler and hotter Mm -hmm. and cooler sort of in a, in a, in a irregular pulse. That's, why you need to use stoneware like the pizza oven or mm-hmm. a stoneware dish when you're baking because again it's not going to be a consistent heat right it's going to come and go right yeah. and you don't want that all the time right yeah like i'm making bread i want stoneware or cast right. iron 
or just yeah or or something if i'm making roasted pan vegetables i'm probably setting the fucking thing on broil anyway uh, right right it's, yeah it's you're gonna throw it on a pan shove it in the oven mm-hmm. who gives a fuck it's fine right. yeah because it's that's a different thing but it's not like a cake where you want a consistent heat or a bread where you want mm-hmm. a consistent heat um or a, a meat where you want a consistent heat sorry i'm i'm there a chicken doing a thing outside where uh-uh. hold on hold, Ooh, one of the babies has discovered the uh the the place where i've been sneaking out extra extra treats just for <laughs> just for them oh uh kevin can we take like a like a one minute break i just gotta go pee real quick oh yeah yeah yeah. no that's fine i should probably go I give the, the chickens more treats anyway so yeah okay so let's be back <laughs> yes and i'll keep it recording there, there we, we go. go. Slight delay, but this is what's actually happening out front. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh, so cute. Yeah, that's 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 Mama Goth and the uh, and the babies. Oh. Or two is of the it, babies. The Jersey Giants are very shy. Or? What's that? Those are her children. No, um, we well they are now. Um, <laughs> what we do, right? What we do for the chickens is she she being part silky she gets broody at the drop of a hat like they're like hey you want to get your your chickens broody you need to you know let them sit on the leave the eggs out and it'll take about two weeks it takes her about five days wow right and so yeah so i just have to stop collecting eggs for about four days and on the fifth day she's out there going fuck you these are gonna these are my eggs uh (laughs) i'm gonna hatch these so what we do is we go out and we buy the the two-day-old three-day-old chicks maybe a week old at most Mm -hmm. and once she's broody, we do this. We go out, and in the middle of the afternoon, you should do this at night when they're asleep, but she's so whatever. I can do it in the middle of the afternoon. And I shove the babies underneath her and pull out the eggs. Uh-huh. And those are her babies. And now she's like, oh shit, babies. She's like, yeah. And now she's like, fuck you, babies. Um, <laughs> uh, and so And so she'll raise them. It's great in that I don't have to deal with you know, baby chickens in my office all the time, like I did last right. year. Um, we experimented with it with just one of the two Marins last year. So I had Dotson and a Marin in here that I, I did the whole, you know, incubator raise thing. And then I had a Marin that she raised and she did such a good job. I'm like, fuck this noise. Why would I want to keep a whole bunch of chicks in incubators? I just have to get her ass broody and shove them under her and she will raise them. And she's good. And she's good. Yeah, um, the Jersey Giants are were a little older. She didn't grab onto them. They were like a month old, maybe mm-hmm. two, when they didn't sell as well at the at the feed store. So I, I took in two, um, but they're very shy because the other chickens would pick on them. So mm-hmm. now, like, I have to make special trips out to find the Jersey Giants and give them treats and hope the other chickens don't follow <laughs> to take the treats away from them. Right, and and being a Disney princess, they will follow. Yes, yeah, they, well, no, Disney princess, I mean, they follow me around because what they expect is where I go, the mealworms go. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and it's it's worth mentioning that I'm raising chickens purely for eggs. Mm-hmm. We're not raising them for, for freezer camp unless they're a rooster. Right. Um, at which point we will have a nice dinner after Ursula and, uh, and uh, Comrade Shepard. Um, Andrea, take care of them because I am too much of a softy to kill my own chicken, right? Or my own well, deer. They're, they're, now, they're like your pets. Yeah. Well, I mean, even even the, I can't shoot a deer out in the wild. 
Why right. would I shoot a deer? Ursula can shoot a deer, and that's great. Ursula shoots the deer. I will do everything to that deer carcass possible. It's just, you know, that actual moment of the shooting, of the taking it down that I have a little problem with for whatever reason. Right, right. Eh, right. We're all different. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I have no problem. Like, all right, well, here, it's a carcass now. It's not an animal. I will. Correct. I will do everything else that needs to be done. Uh, field dressing, whatever. I'm like talking to 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 shepherd and like yeah no just show up with a with a dead sheep i'll take care of the rest it's fine she's like have you ever butchered a sheep i'm like no but i'll watch a youtube video i mean that's how i learned to do deer sure you know it's not like learning to do chicken because mom was in school or working and i was the one who was cooking for the family right and so you know i i learned by doing chicken because i we would have a whole chicken and it would need to be skinned or it would need to be parted out or whatever and so i had to do that which is an interesting take since i'm probably going to start with the here are the chickens part of the <laughs> recording <laughs> but um but yeah uh, uh learning by doing is a big deal yeah for a lot of people especially with cooking yeah Right. I mean, you can read up about it and you can follow the recipes all you want. And that's how Ursula was was doing cooking. Right. right. But there's a big difference between reading the recipe and following the instructions and doing and like, like knowing how to cook. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like I can watch YouTube videos all day long about how something's done until I actually do it. I don't know if if I'm actually capable of it. Right. Well, so how how did you get over that initial fear of fuck-ups? Um, I didn't have a choice. Okay. Right. Most of my learning to cook so was in the Boy Scouts. Yes. Right? So there was, there was a lot of um, being taught by my peers. And if we fucked up, there was no, there was no recovery. Right. Okay. So, like the night we under we underdid the hamburgers, mm-hmm. right? Because we were in a rush, mm-hmm. um, and we sort of knew, but we ate it anyway because what the fuck else were we going to eat? You know, when a couple of us are out vomiting at midnight, <laughs> right? Because right. we've had raw beef that right. we probably shouldn't have, or undercooked beef. You know, there's that you get over that fear really quick because you realize that one. Um, if you screw it up, right, as long as it's fully cooked, there aren't going to be any repercussions. Sure. Right. At most, it's not going to taste the way you wanted it. If it's terrible, then all right. Order a pizza. Order a pizza. Yeah. There's, there's a recovery when you're in the, there is no safety net zone. (laughs) And if you don't get it right, there are going to be direct repercussions. Mm -hmm. Um, that takes a big whole lot right. of pressure off of fucking up at home right. right okay i fucked it up at home i will get a different cut of i, I will use a different cut of meat next time mm-hmm. or all right i have to drive to the bojangles instead of eating what i've made because i burned it right right you know <clears throat> um except in very specific undercooking cases you're not going to be puking your guts out. You're not going right. to die. You can if you do it completely wrong. Like if you use the wrong mushrooms, like don't You'll die. Don't yeah, don't go out and collect your own fucking mushrooms, people, unless you know what the fuck you're doing. 
Right. There are a whole bunch of people who are like, oh, I do my own mushrooms and herbs all the time. Yes. And sooner or later you fuck up and you get very, very sick. Correct. Right. The guy who wrote the definitive guide to herbalism, mm. to collecting wild herbs and collecting wild mushrooms and whatever, I'm pretty sure that he died from fucking up once. Oh. Like okay. years and years and years of experience. This guy was the authority. I have his book somewhere, but he fucked up once. Mm -hmm. Right. This is not there. There's there is a let if you're not an expert or learning to be the expert, let the experts do it when you're dealing with some Correct. of those things, you know. Correct. Um, yeah, I fucked up and ate an undercooked egg once mm -hmm. recently, like and my body's reaction was very specific in that I ate it. It tasted good. And then I was in the bathroom, like not even five minutes later, tossing Whoa. it back up. Yeah, no, my body was like, nope, this is not not good. Um, you, it was a very important life lesson on make sure mm -hmm. those whites are cooked all the way. <laughs> right, right. I mean, right. aside from the salmonella bit, um, my body was like, oh hell no. <laughs> right, I can never do be one of those people who's like, yeah, no, I got the, I'm drinking the raw eggs in my oh. in my, no, not not going to do it. Um, yes. Now, you can make safe raw eggs with the sous vide or raw-ish eggs. You can pasteurize your own eggs. Right. That's fine. Big difference between what you do in uh, steak tartare with a mm -hmm. pasteurized egg, which is technically raw but safe to eat, versus I just grabbed an egg and there's a salmonella risk of throwing that bad boy down. That, too, if you're making steak tartare, you'd bloody well better be grinding the meat yourself. Right. Right. Absolutely. Do not. Do not go yeah. buy hamburger and expect expect it to do the thing. That's not. No, no, and and it's it's about knowing your ingredients and tasting your ingredients. Like if I'm going to do a steak tartare, I'm going to get a chunk of beef from the guy down the road who raises Correct. the cattle. Who you know, I know where it's being processed. I know there's not going to be necessarily brain matter on the outside. I'm mm -hmm. not, you know all the all the risks <laughs> that go with it, and I'm still going to wash it and still going right. to, to grind it myself. Maybe not and take off the outside layers because that's where the potential contamination sure. is. You know, I'm going to do all that myself. Right. Um, and then maybe I'll taste the raw meat after that. Um, just, just a teeny little bit and hope that I'm not going to get a parasite. Well, it's, it's kind of like, um, like, uh, sex. It's like you manage your <laughs> expectations and you manage your risk. Like, right. Right. I want to see your full STI panel before anything happens. I'm going to show you mine. I'll yeah. show you how recently I got tested. I'll tell you how many partners I've had, I'm having, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and yeah. then we'll still wear condoms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, big difference between your situation and mine. Like, yeah, no, I, <laughs> but, but we did. I mean, at the time we did. Here's the full STI panel. When did you have your last? When did I have my, who, you know, have there been partners in between there? Have, right. you know, unprotected? Like, you know, but at this point, I'm like, Somewhere out there, somebody's going to be like, if they ever break up, he is the safest man on the planet right now. <laughs> you know, I've been in a monogamous relationship for, for almost for 11 years. Yeah. Right? You know, so for me, that whole panel workup is different than when Correct. Ursula and I met. And I had not been necessarily monogamous for the last year. And it was sure. a big difference. You had your hope days. Yeah. Yeah. But again, <laughs> manage expectations, right? Correct. Yeah. And it's the same thing with food is like, mm -hmm. uh, understand what you're getting into. Um, take a calculated risk if that's what you want to do. Um, but know what you're getting into. So like, this is the same thing with regards to, um, like we talk about on the show frequently, like mm -hmm. failure is, is 
inevitable. It's yeah. going to happen. It's fully going to happen. Oh, yeah. Um, you never know when, but uh, when it does, you figure out, okay, so what went wrong? What did I do to fuck this up? Um, did I did I expect too much out of what I'm doing, you know, versus mm-hmm. what it really is? A um, lot of times when I've had really spectacularly bad food uh, coming out was because I didn't manage my expectations properly. Right. Like, I thought this is going to be this grand whatever, um, and then I tasted it, and I'm like, ugh, this is not great. Um, yeah. Have I ever told you about the dandelion greens? Oh, fucking dandelion greens. No, you haven't told me about your experience with dandelion greens, but I don't so, understand the whole obsession with dandelion greens. I don't get it either because they're disgusting. Yeah. Um, so what had happened was um, I had a friend staying with me from out of town and she was on her way back to my place from whatever event that she'd been doing. Um, and she texted me like, hey, Dino, do you want me to grab anything at the Whole Foods? I'm here right now. Um, you know, do you mm-hmm. want me to grab anything on the way in? I was like, yeah, please get me some kale. Uh, bitch come home with, uh, dandelion greens. And I'm like, the fuck? I said kale. She said, well, so the kale was like $6 a pound. The dandelions were on sale for like a buck 50. So I was like, all right, let's just go with this thing because it's cheaper, whatever. Now we know why they're cheaper. Yeah. Because they're fucking disgusting. Like I cooked them like I would the kale, um, Mm. with, um, so what I do with kale sometimes, um, when I have the wherewithal of the time is that I'll saute garlic um, in coconut oil and, uh, you know, throw the the greens in and then just like let them cook for a little bit. Yeah. yeah, And then throw in like a can of coconut milk at the end, um, you know, a little bit of salt and pepper and call it a night. It's fucking delicious. Like the kale gets this like buttery texture and the coconut milk. You may be the only person who can sell me on kale. (laughs) Well, like, you can't treat it like a health food. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like, fair. That's fair. If you're eating it, you need to hit it with enough fat that it's going to mm-hmm. like get that unctuousness and that like creaminess and everything else. Right. And the coconut milk does something where the curly bits aren't so sharp and spiky anymore. Now they're all right. soft and relaxed. Um, you ever have collard greens that have been braised for a couple of hours? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, probably yeah. with a ham hock or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm in the South, bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your thing. I'm yeah. speaking yeah. your language. Um, the same thing with the kale is like people tend to treat it like a health food and they don't give it enough love. They're just like, oh, I'm going to massage it with like a dressing and you can eat it raw. And I'm like, you're disgusting and I hate you. Yes. Uh, you haven't created like, a salad. You've created a garnish. You've created an abomination. Yeah. <laughs> fucking kale um so like if you give it the love and attention Mm. that it deserves um it can taste really really good uh there's this portuguese stew called uh caldo verde where it's like um kale and potatoes or chickpeas um and usually uh with some kind of pork product because you know you're on the oh yeah yeah that's you do um but I do it without, and I sub that out with coconut milk, mm-hmm. um, and just you let it all cook together. Lots and lots of onions, lots and lots of oh, garlic. Yeah. Um, in fact, I prefer to use leeks over onions in soups. Yeah, because like different the flavors different. Yeah, the flavors different, and I I think the flavors um, superior. Yeah, definitely, definitely in a soup. Yeah, definitely, uh, soup. definitely in a soup. Mm-hmm. So 
Uh, but but you need to hit it with some fat because mm-hmm. otherwise it's gonna be really hard to get down. Let's be honest. Um, well, because it has kale. The, it, it it's it's tougher than most of what we consider leafy greens. Correct. Right. It it doesn't have quite the same water content. It has a, a higher like the cellulose structure is is much firmer. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, and, and people who don't like kale don't like it because everyone keeps treating it like a fucking health food when it should really be treated with the respect that you give to something like a braised collard green. Like collard greens are so popular because people cook the living fuck out of it, but they get soft. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not like, and, and the difference between, between a kale or a collard green and a dandelion green one is that dandelion greens are bitter as fuck. Right. And you can't treat them. And and everybody's like, oh no, well you can have a dandelion green salad. I'm like, no, no, no. I no. I, I like lemon, but I don't like that. Right? right. It's a completely different kind of sour or or correct or, or sharpness. It it's you know yeah. I can see why dandelion greens might have been popular when you didn't fucking have anything else to eat. Correct. Right. But or dandelion wine or anything like that. Yeah, you're making it because you don't have anything else. You have right. other things. Like, I, I know that in a pinch, should we not have any <laughs> other recourse, I can It'll have... It'll do. Yeah, I can do dandelion <laughs> greens and it won't kill me. Emphasis on won't kill me. Uh, right? Doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to like it. Right. Or that I'm not going to bitch about it every five minutes. Right, right. And right. Um, it's like... Um, Oh, it's like sassafras root. Mm-hmm. If you can find it, sassafras root is phenomenal. And that's... Is that the stuff in root beer? Essentially, yeah. Yeah, that's... if When you can find it, you can't just make root beer or even, you know, uh, you can make sassafras tea, but you mm-hmm. do it with the root. You don't do it with the leaves or the bark or any of that stuff because right. that's... One, one, that's nasty. Two, it'll probably make you sick. Maybe not rutabaga, or not rutabaga, um, rhubarb leaves sick. Yeah, yeah. But, but you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be happy, right? Like, like, yeah. But, um, but again, it's it's a whole specific flavor that goes into that. Correct. Right. Versus, um, you know, a ginger root. Again, very right. different. Very different. Very different. You know, and you can't treat them the same. You can't no. treat. You certainly cannot treat. <clears throat> although people try because people are idiots. Um, yeah. People try to do that with with the dandelion greens yeah like, oh yes yeah. so we're going to we're going to have a salad and it's going to be dandelion greens and i'm like don't treat that. i hate you <laughs> yeah dude you cannot treat dandelion greens the way you treat iceberg lettuce which is what correct. you're trying to do right correct um and oh my god bitter green salads why i'm not mad at a radicchio once in a while right but we're talking serious moderation because that fucker gets bitter. Right. Uh, but everybody's like, oh, yes, we're having a, 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 a seasonal green salad, which means it's going to be bitter greens. It's going to yeah. be, you know, and I'm like, I understand why you would present this as such, but can we do something else with it than just... Please? Yeah, than just raw and green. <laughs> I like raw and green of things that actually taste good when they're raw and green. And Thank you. And, you know, and I admit they're or I will advise there are people who like it. And I, I, I understand that right now there's a large number of people typing madly away in yes. the comment form saying, you just haven't had the right kale or you haven't had the right greens. And the answer is maybe it's personal taste or maybe 
you just need to do them differently. Right. You know? Well, so like... Uh, You've got so Stockholm salad. Syndrome with your greens. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned salad, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I take issue with what people call a salad. Okay. Um, because I was raised vegetarian, so mm-hmm. like, uh, to me, a salad should have at least a protein mm-hmm. of some sort. Yeah. Uh, tofu, chickpeas, white beans. Oh, yeah. Your protein. Fine. Um, it should have some level of onion in there because mm. they're fucking delicious. Uh, I don't care if it's shallots, green onions, whatever. Go nuts. Right. Um, I like sweet onions have... in mine. Yeah. Oh, I love Vidalia onions. In yeah. There. They're, they're fucking the best. Um, it should have some kind of like juicy vegetables. So like tomatoes mm-hmm. or like, uh, what's it called? Uh, it's escaping me. Jesus Christ. It's escaping cucumber? Me. Carrots or cucumber or something like that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You should have something that's got some, some water some content. Water to it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm not even mad at a bit of celery. It's fine. Um, <laughs> th- there, there should be something in there that's got garlic in there. So like mm-hmm. vinaigrette, mayonnaise, aioli, uh, like whatever. Yeah. Get some garlic up in that bitch. Um, there should be like multiple other vegetables that you're throwing in there because why are we doing this bullshit with like this wedge salad? Ugh. Yeah. No. No. A, a, wedge, of, a wedge of lettuce is not a salad. No. And and P.S. Everything should be chopped into evenly sized pieces so that with every forkful or mouthful mm-hmm. or spoonful or whatever, you're getting a little bit of everything. You should have some kind of pickled or fermented thing. Uh, yeah. Dill pickles, olives, oh, capers, yeah. artichoke hearts. Like th- there should be like a variety of things in there that are going to keep you interested because otherwise it's going to be boring. So so let me let me tell you my. I am having salad for lunch, quick and easy method. And you're going to judge me, and I'm sure people are going to judge me. We all are, yes. But, yeah. So the first thing I do is I buy a bag of the, like, veggie lover salad or whatever at the Uh grocery store, right? So that's already, usually that has uh, the one with snow peas, it's got some carrots, it's got the lettuce. Yeah. Right? It's not, it's not covered in snow peas, but it it has, it has a nice variety, you know, that sort of thing. And then I buy a can of, um... A can of garbanzo beans, chickpeas, uh-huh. a can of artichoke something, um, oh, nice. whether it's carved hearts or bottoms. I love artichoke bottoms, right? I love bottoms, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, we know you love bottoms, but that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> um, beets. A can okay. of sliced beets and um, probably just like some sort of salad dressing. Usually I'll get like the powdered mix-it-yourself one. The ranch? Oh, the Hidden Valley Italian, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Because I can, uh, because it's, uh, it's not going to have all the extra additives. It's got a good spice blend base and I can just, and it takes like 45 seconds to mix. Oh, so no effort. No effort. Yeah. And I just, it's like, I'm, I, I throw the salad in a, the bag salad in a thing, in a mm-hmm. giant fucking bowl. And mm-hmm. then I start draining things. You know, I drain the chickpeas, give them a quick rinse, mm-hmm. throw them in drain the beets don't give them a rinse put them in uh drain the uh drain the artichoke bottoms maybe quarter them throw them in okay right um just just like that so it's just like it's quick it's easy it actually has a pretty good nutritional thing it has all of those things you want it's got some crunchy it's got some soft it's got some fermented um 
And then I'm fully on board, by the way. Keep going. Yeah, and then, you know, I just <laughs> I will add croutons of some variety. Mm-hmm. You know, so I get that extra crunch and something to absorb the extra Yeah. The the extra dressing. Yeah. And then, you know, the dressing's like, oh well, add vinegar, add, you know, use olive or use just uh the they're always like use canola oil or vegetable oil and vinegar. Oh no, 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 no. I've got my EVOO, my extra mm-hmm. virgin olive oil, and my balsamic. Yeah. It's not great balsamic, but it's like, yeah, put in this much um vinegar, put in two tablespoons of water. Like the the little the thing I use comes pre-measured. So it's just like pour vinegar until it hits nice. the line, add water until it hits the line, throw in the packet, shake like a motherfucker. Yeah. Pour in oil till it hits the line, shake like a motherfucker. Done. Nice. And then you just and then I'll just I, I admit I'm bad about it. I'll drown the fucking salad in that. But there's, yes. <laughs> but it's like a giant bowl. I mean, I have to use like right. the three quart bowl for this. I can't use just like you know my little like a, a, a salad bowl. No, if you're having a salad as a meal, get a real fucking bowl. Get a real fucking bowl. You know. And again, I have hard boiled eggs. Yeah. So I can throw just, those fuckers in. I can just yeah, and I've got uh, get the fancy ass egg slicer. Yeah. The, you know, I mean, yeah, it looks superfluous. It will up your game. Yeah, the little thing where you're just like slice, slice with the eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I can chop them, but. It takes me, you know, two minutes or whatever to chop eggs where I can just go slice, slice with the thing twice and I have diced egg, diced Correct. egg to throw in there. Um, I have a spam slicer, too. <laughs> no, really, really. It's it's made for uh, spam mashubi. Okay. You know, the, 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 the spam sushi, whatever it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, that rice thing. Yeah. So it's like the sushi rice with the, with the, with the fried sl- spam slice on it. Yeah, I've got a thing that's made to cut the spam at exactly that. It also works on eggs. It also yeah. works on on uh, other things. Um, I think I was using it for cheese. I needed diced I, cream cheese, so I just threw it in that and rotated. Boom, done. And it was fine. Yeah. Um, and I believe the egg slicer also doubles up as a mushroom slicer. A mushroom slicer. Um, and I've got a larger one for tomatoes. Nice. Which can also do eggs. They're they're just tools, people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't feel like you're cheating by using tools. They're mm. they're they're there for a reason. Like I have, um, you know, those, um, uh, pressy things where mm-hmm. you put onions through it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I used to mock them mercilessly until <laughs> I bought one. And then I was like, Holy shit, where have you been all my life? Like, okay. So confession. Okay. Um, uh, I own a food processor that has a dicing attachment. Okay. No, that's, that's yeah. No, I dig um, it. I have, I've used it four times and I'm comfortable <laughs> telling people <laughs> like I have knife skills. It's not that I don't know how to use a fucking knife, but like there's times when I'm like, I need to get this shit together. Like yesterday, like mm-hmm. I don't have time um, because I procrastinated and didn't actually cook when I should have started. And I'm like, right. fuck, 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 fuck. Okay. Everything's going through the machine. And now I have diced veggies that I'm going to make into a soup done. Um, but that, that, that food processor attachment is such a pain in the asshole to clean because like shit gets stuck in the little oh, yeah. and crannies and stuff. Um, whereas the, the, the Vidalia onion chopper or whatever the Christ it's called, mm-hmm. um, works like a fucking dream. Like I will fully have dinner done in like 30 minutes because bam, 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 it's all chopped done. And oh yeah, I'm sorry for shaming it for all these years. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like having a mandolin. Yeah. 
Right? I mean, and I, and, and I do. And the one I miss, though, is mom had one. Like, the mm. first one I ever worked with was, I, it was like, mom bought it at the state fair. Some guy was coming through, you know, the C as seen on TV. Mom bought it. And, oh, my God, you, you know, it was like, boom, I have sliced cucumbers. Boom, I have sliced potatoes. Yes. Having one on hand is great. But hers, something I've not seen on the ones here, hers had essentially a French fry attachment. Nice. So it had it had an extra set of blades so that as you as you sliced across it, it would do it in strips. Okay. And, uh, and, the Ben Reiner has one. Yeah, but the one I have now it it doesn't have multiple so, it doesn't have multiple thicknesses quite in the same way, and okay. it certainly doesn't have that. So I need to like up my mandolin game. Again, you want to use the guard, or you want to use something to keep you from slicing your fucking fingers off. And use Kevlar gloves for the yes. love of fuck. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Because you will you will bleed profusely oh, yes. the first time. Mm. Like use the so um, if you if you look on Amazon for Kevlar gloves, mm-hmm. um, you put them on when you're using the mandolin, and better the glove than your hand. Oh no no I I have um uh a set of yeah do not of you of slice proof gloves i don't know if they're kevlar they're they're a cloth they seem to gather water and became very very cold very yes. very quickly um but i had a I, I have a set of those i use for doing the dressing a deer uh-huh right because that fillet knife that i'm using yeah it is fucking sharp and i keep it sharp yes right my holy slip yeah and and you are if you're working with a large chunk of meat, you are going to be doing, holding it at angles <laughs> that are, you They're know, awkward. Yeah. And you hit a bone, that's it. It's going to jump. And you don't mm-hmm. want to have that hit your hand. No. Really don't. Yeah. Um, safety equipment and cooking. Now I admit Alton Brown will go to some extremes, mm-hmm. but he's not necessarily wrong in mm-hmm. making sure you have a good, pair of heat proof gloves making yeah. sure you have like the kevlar gloves when you're working with a mandolin or with with knives you know make sure they fit so you're not like this is annoying and i realize it's a safety thing but i need to take it off because it's just annoying yeah you know like earplugs at a concert i am the worst at that i'll have the earplugs in and i'm like these are really uncomfortable and i'll take them out and then i won't put them back in right yeah because it's too fucking loud because they don't know how to turn down the goddamn speakers right but then um but i take them out because my earplugs hurt my ears Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, and, and I should wear them and I know I should wear them, but if they're uncomfortable, I'm not going to wear them. If the mm-hmm. gloves, if your Kevlar gloves are loose, if you're, you know, whatever, and they aren't comfortable and don't fit properly, you're going to take them off and you're going to hurt yourself. Yes. Just get ones that fit. Like, right. come on, people. Mm-hmm. We can do this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I mean, you can go to the excessive extremes, mm-hmm. like the safe method of lowering your turkey into a turkey fryer that was illustrated by Alton with Brown. That fucking rig. <laughs> with the rig, yeah, no. Or you can make some co- take some common sense steps yes. and still do it safely without having to get overly complicated. Now I have some friends who built the Alton Brown rig mostly because they could. Right. I mean, these are these are the guys who own four wheel drives. And if it snows are out there going, oh, yeah, I'll help you out. I'll drag you out. Oh, you got 20 bucks. Okay, that's fine. Like, this is what they do. Right. I mean, they're they're nuts. 
Well, and they're they're you know they're they're computer guys, they're tech guys from the mountains, so they have a whole <laughs> different set of things. Wes and um, Mike, if you're listening, dude, you guys are awesome. Um, and, and I love you guys. Would like to have a beer with you because that sounds amazing. Oh yeah, no, they're they're they're, they're fantastic guys. When when Ursula was robbed all those years ago, and. It was, and she needed to get out of her house immediately. It was those two guys and their wives who showed up with their trucks and helped us unload her apartment and get it over here. Oh, wow. You know, that's that's the kind of people they are. But because they could, because they wanted to, yeah, mm-hmm. they built that whole rig. Now, I don't feel the need to build that whole rig. And, you know, I just take appropriate precautions when I'm deep frying a turkey. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, you pat it dry, you mm-hmm. paper towels, make sure there's no moisture, make sure go inside and outside, inside and outside, have pre-measured, have pre-measured the thing so that you know that when you add the turkey, that it's not going to overrun. And oh, Correct. by the way, remember that the oil is going, you're aiming for hot oil, which is a larger volume than cold oil because the Correct. oil expands as it heats. So keep Correct. that in mind. Yeah. Um, the whole kit. Right. Um, safety, safety when cooking is important, not just the safe, safe temperature of the food, yes. but your own personal safety. How many times have you been watching like a cooking show contest or something? Someone slips, cuts themselves and yeah. they have to and they have to give them extra time because they were getting a Band-Aid and a, a, a plastic glove over that so that they don't yeah. contaminate the food. How many times have you heard someone get yelled at on one of those shows for for it not looking like they used a different spoon to taste? Right. Right. When, and they should. Right. When I'm cooking at home and it's just for me, using the same spoon to do my in-between tastes is okay, but not a habit I should use. So about that. Okay. Um, All right. Here it comes. Uh. Hindus, especially Hindu Brahmins, which mm-hmm. I am, right, um, are insanely like paranoid about cross contamination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, if so, you know how like the rice is sticky inside the pot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. You're trying to get it onto your plate. If you tap the spoon onto your plate, they will throw out the rice because it touched the the plate mm-hmm. that wasn't theirs, mm-hmm. right? Correct. Um, so, like, tasting with the same spoon that you're cooking with would get you drawn and quartered within five minutes. Like, that is fully not a thing. So, like, when I went into the restaurant kitchen um, and mm-hmm. I'm paranoidly using a new spoon each time, mm-hmm. my boss was like, where did you train? And I was like, I'm Indian. <laughs> <laughs> this is just what you fucking do because right. you're not about to contaminate that entire pot. Uh, with your gross, nasty human spit um, <laughs> that you're expecting other people to eat. Like, right. it it makes me physically cringe inside my body when I watch cooking shows where they're using the stirring spoon to taste it. I'm like, why are you doing this? What is going on? Right. Are right. you washing that yeah. spoon? Why are you putting it? <gasps> no, you're putting it back in. What yeah. is wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> when When I am cooking at home for just myself. Yes. Very different from when I'm cooking at home for the entire family, right? But, you know, those little safety precautions of, yes, I have, we have a set of spoons that while they are smaller spoons that are, you know, can be used for cereal, for soups or whatever, 
if I'm cooking like a soup or a chili for the family, I'll go through like 10 of them. Yeah. Right. As it should be. Yeah. If I'm making a soup that is just for me and yeah. no one else is in the house, okay, maybe I will use the same, I will use the same spoon rinsing it in between. I see the look on your face. Kevin, I live alone and I won't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that training is so right. ingrained that it's like, no, but that's the one that you just ate out of. You're not putting it back in that pot. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, right. no. Right. Yeah. So, so wait, if you're micro, so let's say you've got a can of soup. Uh-huh. I realize this may not be something you do, but if you've got a can of soup, you throw it in the microwave, right? Uh-huh. You, you cook it, you, you bring it out, you stir it, you taste it. It's not quite hot enough. You're going to put it back in the microwave. Do you rinse off that spoon or do you get a new oh, spoon? Oh yeah. Okay. I will wash that spoon immediately um, right. with the little scrubby pad and hot mm-hmm. soapy water yeah. because that's what you do. Yeah. You don't use that same spoon ever again <laughs> <laughs> until like, so help you because like, you know how, um, so I have a degree in biology. Yeah. Um, and my favorite class was microbiology. Okay. Yeah. Because I found out how fucking disgusting we really all are. Oh, we really are disgusting. Yeah. So when you had that interview with that scientist, mm-hmm. um, I was getting my entire life because I was like, <laughs> this guy is so fucking cool. Like, what the shit? Where did you find him? Oh, yeah. No, no he found me. Really? He reached out. Yeah, he volunteered. He found me. Oh, like, if if I could just sit down with him one day and cook him dinner and just let him tell me stories, like, I, oh, oh, that would be a life worth living. I think you have to go to Alabama for that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> or, or, or yeah but i mean you know but still yeah so like i know that the five second rule doesn't work because everything <laughs> is crawling with germs oh yeah um not that it stops me from eating it but <laughs> knowing knowing and and being a germaphobe are two different things mm-hmm. right i mean it's like i know that there are these things called eyebrow mites Mm -hmm. a specific mite that lives in everyone's eyebrows but if i think about it too much by the way guys you have eyebrow mites you don't think you do but you do if i think about it too much i will lose my shit and And you'll never go to sleep again right and probably shave off my eyebrows and scrub my face relentlessly yes right it's like knowing accepting that there are things that there are nothing you can do about so that you don't. And by the way, for all the germaphobes out there who, who listen, I'm really sorry that you're out there. Like warning Kevin, because, um, Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, I've I've got a list going. Okay. (laughs) I've got a list going. Um, yeah, but, but I mean, that's, that's the thing is there are things that I can know are there and not freak out about. And there are things that I'm going to be concerned about. Um, for example, if I'm cooking for just me, mm. right, and I'm making Chef Boyardee, which may be dinner tonight, I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> truth. Um, well, the teenagers are not home, so who gives a fuck? The only person who's home today is me. Ursula's out west with her, with doing a family thing. The, uh, uh, Jacob is with his mom. I The only people I have to answer to today are uh, essentially the chickens, the dogs, and the cats. Right. At least around the house. So, like, yeah, I'm going to take the precautions to make sure that the 
dog doesn't steal my food or lick right. my spoon. If the dog licks my spoon, I am washing that motherfucker. <laughs> like the the whole thing about a dog's mouth being cleaner than yours is bullshit. No, it's fucking not. It's not. Um, but like the spoon that I'm going to use to stir my chef Boyardee later <laughs> between bouts of the microwave and check to see if it's hot enough. That one may not get a full wash in between. <laughs> Right, because they're my germs, and it's and it's for yourself, just me. It now, if I was stirring it for like, if I was making the big fucking, you know, you can get like the quadruple size cans, the family yeah. size cans. Like, if it were that one, yeah, that spoon would go immediately in the sink, and I'd get a new one. Mm-hmm. Right? There's there is a practical common sense application to the safety. Correct. But when it comes to things like gloves, uh, knives, um, yeah, always follow them. Don't shortcut that shit. Also, keep your knives fucking sharp. Yes. Yes. Um, a, a dull knife a dull will hurt knife you. A dull knife is more dangerous than a sharp one. Yes, absolutely. Um, I have, like, three knife sharpeners. I have the the the, the butcher pole, the, you know, the one mm. you, you swipe on. And then I've got, like, uh, a couple of the little, just, it's always the same angle. You just run it back and forth across the thing to sharpen. Um Always keep your knives sharp. Yes, one of those. I have one of those. At least one. The honing steel. Yeah, I have a honing um, steel. Yeah. I think we do need to tell people um, that a honing steel is not a knife sharpener. It's something that you should be doing to your knives every time you pick up the blade. Yep. That's very important. Um, yeah. So Alton Brown explained it best when mm-hmm. he gave that um, triangle analogy where mm-hmm. he was like, a regular knife, and I'm uh, and I'm holding up my hands um, yes. as if it's a, a pyramid. Um Regular knife is when it's sharp is going to be a nice uh, cross cross section wise. It's going to be a nice clean point mm-hmm. over time. The point bends and yep. the honing steel just puts that point back into the same alignment like it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people seem to think that, you know, they have to sharpen their knives um, professionally, which I do. Right. Um, because I've been using the same knife guy since 2007 when I moved up to New York, and he does a fantastic job on my knives. Um, oh, yeah. I will never trust anyone else with them. But that's once a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, every day, I will run it over that honing steel so that, that that point stays where it needs to be. Because the thing is, is that a dull knife will slip. Oh, yeah. And And it's... Too dull to actually do the job properly, but it's not dull enough to not cut you. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's the thing. That's why I have an actual knife sharpener and a honing steel, mm-hmm. right? Because oh, you sharpening your own. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. wow. Because well, I mean, it's not that hard if you have the right tools. Right? I know, but it's five bucks a knife. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, and and again, oh, my guy, you live in an apartment in an urban setting i don't have space right i have two and a half acres and a and a, and a two thousand square foot house mm-hmm. right so yes no i i i have more my counter is cluttered but i have more counter space than you it's still valuable my apartment is 200 square feet right you could put your entire apartment i think in my living room in your living room right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like i don't have space for shit um, right that too um because I cook so often, I mm-hmm. in in reality I actually send my knives to get sharpened twice a year. Yeah. Um, because I, I I do enough cooking where, you know, it's it's necessary. Yeah. 
Um, but like, if you aren't like a like a you know a hero like Kevin who can sharpen his own, <laughs> <laughs> find a good person to do it. Absolutely, find someone who can. Yeah, because um, like you and Ursula talk about it all the time. Is mm -hmm. like sometimes it's more valuable to outsource it than to do it yourself. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like I have a cleaning woman coming in once a week because um, I like to keep things very, very clean. Um, but I don't always have the spoons to deal with it. Right. And, and there's a lot of maintenance things that can be done mm -hmm. that don't have to be done every single day. They can be done weekly right. or whatever. Like, I mean, you like to keep things very, very clean, but I bet you clean your kitchen daily. Right. Yeah. You, you uh, before I start cooking, I clean everything down. Yeah. You pick up in, I guess, the bedroom corner daily. Yeah. Right. Every day. Every day. Um, I put away yeah. my bed, and because mm -hmm. I don't have an actual bed, I have like these uh, folding uh, futon-y type yeah. of things. Yeah, 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 yeah. That I sleep on because if I were to have a bed, there's my apartment. Right. Right. I mean, I had a one bedroom in Queens that. Uh, again, I'm pretty sure we could have fit your entire apartment in like just the bedroom. Um, yeah. Okay, you know, one bedroom, which meant it was technically four rooms: a bathroom, a bedroom, a living room, and a kitchen. Uh huh. Right. Um. So there was there was, but there wasn't. The kitchen was probably not much bigger than the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Right. Very very tight. Very very almost no space. We right. You know, cooking was always a little bit of a challenge because there was no space. Right. When I bought my first house, it was like, my God, look how big this kitchen is. <laughs> um, and how uh, glorious it is to be able right. to like stretch your hands out. Right. But the whole idea was that, you know, it, it, there are things that can be done weekly on the cleaning that you don't in a small space that if you try to do every day are going to make you crazy. Yes. Like I, you know, like scrubbing the shower or like making sure that the toilet is spotless or like right. getting under the baseboards and making sure that like there's none of that crap that tends to collect down there. Like I, I really like things to be tidy. So nice. like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I will, I have like when Ursula would go into her full on, I must clean now mode mm. uh, before she switched to the IUD and a different hormone delivery system. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but she would go into that that I must clean, and she would be like on top of chairs, dusting the archway over the one arched window because mm -hmm. having dust there was just not not acceptable. Not acceptable, right? right. You know, when mm -hmm. when she was actually dusting the top of the door, not the door frame, the door itself. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe this is this is something that can be done once a month, not once a week. It's, right. You know, it doesn't need to be done daily. Right. There, there are things sure. you can, you can offset like that now. And there are people who also find the idea of, I have someone coming in to do this, um, embarrassing and they or don't shameful. like to talk about it or shameful. Yeah. And it's not because, uh, it is, it's because they feel it, it's, it feels extravagant. It feels like I should be able to do this myself. Right. And and the the truth is that, you know what, you're, as with so many things, it's like running my own email server, mm -hmm. right? Someone else can do it much more efficiently for a much lower time cost than I do. Yes. Right? I can. I am totally capable of running my own email servers and services and have. 
And I would rather pay $5 a user a month to Google to do it because they can do it so much more efficiently and effectively than I can. I don't have to spend hours and days when a piece of mail deliver or when we're getting bombarded by spam. Google takes care of that for me. Right. Right. Or um, GoDaddy or whoever. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, it's the same with, with cleaning or with, um, I'm trying to think, or changing the damn oil. There are people right. who will give me shit for not changing my own oil and going down to the Jiffy Lube. But let me tell you something. I could go down to the Jiffy Lube and spend, you know, a half hour or whatever on my on my laptop working while they're changing the oil versus me having to spend half my weekend under the fucking car. Correct. Right? Because they have better tools and more experience and can do 15 cars in you know, uh, uh, before lunch, hours, if they right. want to. Yeah. Whereas it's going to take me <laughs> four hours, get the car on the jacks and get the, the thing out. And, you know, and the thing is, even if you only make minimum wage, your time is still worth something. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and there are, you don't make minimum wage and I don't yeah. make minimum wage. So it's like, yeah. once I did the calculation of like, so I'm getting paid X amount of dollars per hour. Yep. Uh, I have to spend this many hours doing the thing. Um, so basically I'm wasting money if I do it myself. Right. Right. And there's because now it's time that I have to myself. Yeah. And uh, admittedly, there is an argument to be said about that for cooking. Mm -hmm. Right. I yeah. mean, you know, we, we have our, for a while, we had our friend uh, once a week, a friend of ours who is a, a professional chef. But mm -hmm. she would come in, she would make us a, a big dinner, and that was the one we didn't have to worry about. And, and you know, and it was great in that she needed a little extra money, so she got it. We needed mm -hmm. a night off from cooking, and we got a good cooked meal. And, and I didn't have to stress about it. And she was able to do it in an hour what it would take me three hours to cook. But, like, to yeah. tie it back into cooking, it's mm -hmm. also, like, don't shame yourself for buying frozen vegetables. Oh, yeah. Don't shame yourself for buying canned beans like it's fine because the thing is is that if you physically don't have the time mm -hmm. or the wherewithal to do it from scratch there's no shame in that I... um i think so much about food and cooking and the rest of it is mm -hmm. couched in this like imaginary like romanticism for oh, yeah. everything has to be done perfectly. It all has to be done from scratch. Like this it is... must come out pretty. Correct. Yeah. And it's like at the end of the day, you need to work with what you have, mm -hmm. the tools you have resources you have. There was a time. Um, I want to say it was like 2009, give or take um, when my husband didn't have a job. Um, and I was working at a restaurant and um, we couldn't afford vegetables at that point because mm. we were living in Washington Heights and the rent was like oh, yeah. 11 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. um, I was making uh, maybe like $11 an hour, give or take. Yeah. Um, so I couldn't afford to go buy fresh vegetables. I had rice i had beans i had spices i had oil yeah because those things keep and i bought them when we had money um so like i would take home the stems of the kale uh because it's a vegan restaurant of course we go through yeah, a fuck yeah. ton of kale i would take home the broccoli <laughs> stems the kale stems mm -hmm. the collard green stems and those were our vegetables for a while right um 
it was like six months um and i didn't want to die of scurvy so i'm like <laughs> I, I actually kind of like broccoli stems but yeah me too yeah but like i i fully understand what it means to not have mm-hmm. um and, oh yeah and so like if you can't do it the way that you envision in your head is perfect don't worry about it. It's fine because chances are you're going to get there eventually anyway. And someday when everything's perfect, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to do that platonic mm-hmm. ideal of whatever it is that you want to do. But if dinner is a can of Chef Boyardee, let it be a fucking can of Chef Boyardee. At least you're eating. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, this may be the, the most bougie thing I've done in a while. And, and it sounds embarrassing, but it's not. I bought pre-diced onions the other day. Oh, they're they're fucking great, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm like, I could chop this onion, or I could just buy this thing and dump it in when I get home because I Correct. don't have. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm in a rush, or not in a rush, but I've got a very tight time constraints around how long I can do this and when I'm going to get off work and when dinner's expected. Fuck it. Um, one of the things I did, and I think this is this is an important thing to to think about, is I um, as part of our new hire training, we do. Uh, a volunteer event. Vol- yeah, yeah you, volunteer. You, you were talking yeah. about it on one of the episodes. Yeah, and what we were doing was essentially we were working at a food bank. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I was part of the group that was measuring out. Um, we had one guy measuring rice out into bags. The bags would be weighed to make sure it was a pound, and then it would get heat sealed and a sticker on it that mm-hmm. said one pound rice. Right. We were breaking down hundred pound bags of white rice into yeah. one pound bags. Right, and there's another group who was doing, um, you know, sorting out the canned goods that you get from the grocery stores or the, or the whatever, um, yeah. you know, that are also being sorted and then weighed and then packaged and whatever so that they could go out. Um, there is a whole discussion right now, right? Or there was, or there's a recurring discussion. Let me call it a recurring discussion because I think it's come up a couple times in the last 20 years that um, eating out is so expensive and you should just be buying all the fresh vegetables and yeah. doing it yourself. Right. And there, there are two pieces of bullshit in that. Yep. W- one is it's very time consuming to prep all the it fresh is. vegetables. You know, if you can, and it costs more to buy the pre-sliced, not going to lie. You can, and, uh, but to get like, you know, buying a fresh onion and buying a, um, you know, the, the garlic and all of that stuff. Okay. Yeah. It costs physically less to buy it than it might to go to McDonald's and buy a hamburger. Right. Right. So like, if I want to make that burger and and I think this is the part that people don't settle in when they say, well, it costs less to do it yourself on the surface. It does. Right. It costs less monetarily, but what about the toll that it takes on your body? Right. Well, but also what about the, okay, so I've got this stuff now. I've got to spend how much time chopping it and I've got to spend, mm-hmm. you know, I have to form the, I have to cook it. I have to do all that. And yes, it costs less physically out of pocket, but in terms of actual time spent and value. Yeah. Right. Is it healthier? Probably it, they're probably equivalent health, right? I but mean, to be honest, that's a dubious claim to begin with, because right. like, if you only have the spoons and the energy to do X, Y, or Z, right. um, how is it 
healthier to like eat a can of Pringles versus going to McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or, or more importantly, if I am working two jobs in yeah. order to, to make rent and to feed my family, yeah. where, you know, where's the time that, where's the two hours required to prep the food and to make the food and Correct. do the shopping and all that? No, I don't have that. I, I, there's, you know, if I don't have time to chop onion, right, I could make time. I personally could sure. chop, make time to chop onions, but if I'm working two jobs and then I'm expected to cook all my own food because it's going to save me 45 cents or yeah. a dollar a day. Um, yeah, but let's talk about those hours I'm spending doing all the prep. Okay. Uh, and a lot of these people, there's a lot of, well, can't you just sit down on the weekend and make all of your meals in advance? And again, that's a very privileged thing. First of all, secondly, you're going to get bored real quick if you're eating the same thing every day. Right. Well, I mean, you know, you can make, I can, I could sit down. I am, uh, here's, here's my privilege talking. I could sit down in the kitchen. I could plan out five days worth of meals. I could make five different meals for the week and I could put them in the freezer and just have one, a different, a different one each day. Yeah. Right. There are whole things online about here are 300 dump and go meals you can pre-make and put in your freezer. Right. So that it's just like you take it out of the freezer, you throw it in the instant pot and it's done. Right. Spend, you can spend a Sunday doing this and you've got meals for the month, right? There's, I've, I've pinned some of them in my Pinterest. There are whole things about this, but again, there's time. What happens when you're not, your, your Sunday is job number three or Sunday is the only day you have when you're not working those two jobs or the one job that barely pays you enough that you have to work 10 hours a day at, you know? It's the same thing about, well, make sure you take your sick time. Yeah, sometimes people can't take their sick time because they need the money, right? Yeah, because there are many jobs mm-hmm. where they won't pay you if you don't show up. Right. Yeah, I mean, take your sick time is a privilege for those of us who are salaried and have mm-hmm. have that. There are times when, yeah, I show up off, uh, when I was working an hourly job. Yeah. Oh, my God. When I was working the radio sh- station, the hourly job for the radio station, I had to literally be unable to get out of bed. To not go to, to, to take a sick day because I was hourly. If I didn't go in one, there was nobody else who was going to broadcast. And two, um, I wouldn't get paid for it. Right. Right. Big, big difference between now and it's like, yes, I have five days set aside just to be sick. That is a fucking privilege. Being able to go to the grocery store once or twice a week and buy everything and then come home and cook every night. That is a fucking privilege. That's a huge privilege because like how many people, um, if we're honest, have that kind of capital to outlay. Right. I mean, and, and the thing about the food bank is that it is through the generosity of, of, of school, of schools, of grocery stores, of people in general, of corporations, (laughs) that they're able to extend that to people. Right. One of the guys who worked there, he's like, no, my grandmother this is where my grandmother got the food that fed me. And right. I come back and now I work here in order to make sure that other people have that. I mean, he's getting paid, obviously, to work there. So, Oh, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's sort of like a, this is making – if you want to know what kind of an impact this is making, this – I because of this place right here and the job I'm you're alive. doing, I was able to eat, right? The privilege Can I rant for a second. Rant, rant, rant to your heart's content. Yes. So there's this um 
there's a situation down in Florida um, where there's a Food Not Bombs um, group. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. I'm not familiar with that one. Food Not Bombs um, goes and collects food from like uh, restaurants and grocery stores that are like where they're like, oh, the bread is, you know, expired or whatever. Just take it off our hands and right, whatever. Right. Um, and they get vegetables and they get uh, bread and they get rice and they get all these kinds of things from all these different sources and they cook it up and they feed it to people for free. You don't have to be homeless. You don't have to right. be anything. The The only qualification is that you're there. Yeah. Here, take this food. It's fine. Mm -hmm. um, the cops in this city in Florida, um, in, in Fort Lauderdale, I believe it was, um, arrested this guy for giving away the food without a permit. Okay. I don't care if you're the worst enemy that I've ever had. I don't care if you killed my mother, like are the most horrible person on this planet. If you show up to my door and you're hungry, I'm going to fucking feed you. Oh no, absolutely. There are basic rules of, of, of hospitality, <coughs> right? There are basic rules of hospitality in every, every fucking, um, society culture. in every mm -hmm. culture. Yeah. That, that, if you're saying, yeah, if you have come to my house and you are hungry, I will feed you. I will feed you. Yes. Period. Period. That is that is non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. right. And the fact that the cops were on the side of stopping that, I'm horrified and I'm disgusted and I think they're fucking scum of the earth. And I hope whatever hell they go to is comfortable because fuck those people. Right. There's now there are there are some rules, I will admit, around that sort of thing, right? And that is if they weren't following proper sanitation, sanitation yeah. or cleanliness procedures, then, okay, yeah, I can see shutting them down. I can't see arresting them, right? They arrested them. Yeah. Um, um, and I've been so angry about it. And it's like they're giving people food. They're giving people food who need the food. Um it's well, okay. So, so, all right. There's a big sort of thing about, um, and, and this falls into the same basic thing. Like there are people out there who, uh, as we know, there's a big sort of illegal immigration mm -hmm. discussion going on in the States right now. And there are people who, so that these, so that the immigrants, so that the refugees don't die in the fucking desert are leaving out water. Yeah. Right. We and there's a push to criminalize leaving out water so people don't die of dehydration in the fucking desert, even though they're they're crossing illegally. Right. I don't care legal or not. Yeah. Like there's 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 a thing around food and drink that provides basic that the, there are basic societal rules that happen in every single one of them. And the moment we start breaking them, like saying, here's a guy who's trying to feed people, just feed people. If you want to show up and eat, please come and eat this food. Yes. Right. That is, there is some basic humanity there that the moment you say you're not allowed to feed people and we're going to send you to jail for feeding people for free yeah. without, you know, without any of this, um, then uh, you we know we have a problem yeah we're going to send you to jail for leaving out water so people don't die right right that's some 
bullshit right what there. kind of monster are you that you want to politicize human lives that's disgusting right. well we can <laughs> it, it, it the current climate says uh yeah that's that's part of it um but yeah because i mean we are living in uh, for those of you who are, who are wondering we're recording this in 2019 <coughs> in the summer of 2019 and yes we're living in a society where babies and small children are being shoved into cages so I mean, that's, again... And getting sexually assaulted, and, and getting yeah, abused, yeah, and, and getting tortured. And basic fucking... There, there are rules around hospitality. There are rules around... There are rules around the proper treatment of prisoners. And the first... Right. And so the first thing you have to do in order to justify this is take away... Is to stop considering... Them as people... people people yeah you have to stop considering them as human beings and as of deserving as the same rights and that is a horrible fucking thing right and the moment you you start to tear apart basic hospitality you're tearing apart society you're tearing apart what makes us human in the right. first fucking place yeah i mean there's uh so i'm i'm reading the first of the witcher books Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's a big whole video game thing, but they were based on novels. And there's a, a specific position in the novel where there is an actual sort of incantation around hospitality and acceptance uh-huh. of guest in in the, the fantasy society. But there was something very similar to that in Western society, in in um, in you know, Asian, all of the Asian societies, there's a very specific set of sort of customs and rules around how you treat a guest. Yes. Right. And um, I mean, you'll even see it in, in fantasy works or even historical works where they're like, you know, I'm, you're my guest. And for the next three days, you're my guest. And for the next three days, you will be enjoying my hospitality and very specific hospitality. Um, even in the Heliand, which is the, um, the gospel as translated and adapted for the Anglo-Saxons, mm. right? Because of the customs of the Anglo-Saxons, the king of, first of all, if someone came to your door and it is a Christian, it is a translation of the, of the gospels into this specific thing by bards. So like the whole idea that someone would show up and there would be no room in the inn, you'd have to go sleep with the animals. Right, mm-hmm. that that is the tenant of of Christian of of the birth of Christ Christian faith, like one of those things that just that's how it is. That would never fucking apply to an Anglo-Saxon, right? Mm. Someone comes to your house and requires lodging and is pregnant, no less. We get we treat you like, yeah, you know, their their hospitality rules they go way back, right? <laughs> and and food and water and feeding people is part of that. Well, like. In in Hindu philosophy, um, the unexpected guest right. to your home is the representation of God. Mm-hmm. God has shown up uh, to grace your presence, um, and you fucking treat him right. Yes. You feed them. You, mm-hmm. you wash their feet. You um, give them water. You give them the best of what you have. Oh, yeah. Because you're supposed to fucking share with people because that's how humans evolved is that we're a social beast. Yes. We're, 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 we're social. That's why we've come so far is by being hospitable. By And that's why those rules are so ingrained in right. all of us. And. To fuck with that is as it's it's yeah 
I'm that's not okay. It hurts. It it it's it's stupid and it's painful. It kills me. Yeah. And it's like that whole free lunch thing. Mm-hmm. Oh I my god. I think a hundred percent of all children who go to school should have free lunch. Period. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes and and in some cases that's the only meal that kid gets. And right? I don't even like children, but I don't believe <laughs> that they should starve for any reason. Right. Uh, and and it's that that is a something that's been going on for for so long. Way too long. Way too long. Oh no, I mean like I was reading up uh studies of um the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Right? We had a problem and I've talked about this before. We've had we had a problem in World War 1 where when we entered World War One. Part of our problem was that our soldiers, it was getting soldiers, we had to make them healthy enough to be able to fight for us. Yeah, they were malnourished. They were malnourished. Literally the same right. thing happened in England. Right. And so the whole idea around uh, around having a school lunch program, around all of those sudden nutritional changes, a lot of it was around the idea that in terms of actual national defense, we have to have a healthy populace. Correct. Right. But at the same time, while while they're going, we need to provide healthy lunches so that we don't have malnourished, so that we have all of this, there's that whole other faction of, well, if they can't feed themselves, then there must be something wrong with them. No, there isn't. That being poor, that being malnourished being poor is a sin. Is a sin. Yeah. Yeah. That if you can't take care of yourself, obviously there's something wrong with you, not we should take care of you. Which it's is that whole bullshit Protestant work ethic that I could go on about. Oh no, hours. I can I can spend hours, and the whole thing about it is, of course, that it's not actually biblical. But that's a whole other that's a whole other discussion. That you know, now that we're four hours into hanging out and recording, may not be the time <laughs> for. <laughs> Has it been that long? Um, we started. Uh, we we the the call started around what? Oh yeah, yeah. It's noon? three hours and forty two minutes. <laughs> yeah, I'm staring at the timer. Yeah, no. This is this is why I'm like, I hope we don't need all six hours we've blocked out. But here we are, <laughs> almost four hours later. Um, and I hope everybody who's listening at home uh, is is enjoying or at least getting something out of this discussion. I mean, we've tried to keep it around cooking, and I have links to all kinds of toys now. Yeah, no, seriously. I think right. um, this set of links would be really, really helpful. Um, there's – okay, so I made a while ago – it's been years now – on my blog a list mm-hmm. of shit that chefs would like to get. Yeah. Uh, as gifts. Mm-hmm. One of them is that Magnum. Yes. Um, Look, anytime you say unicorn Magnum, I immediately think like – Condoms. Not just condoms, but like – you know, condoms for the attractive bisexual. <laughs> you basically described my boyfriend. Anyway. <laughs> so you're dating a unicorn is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. He's the best. Yeah. Anyway. I am so insanely happy with it. Okay. So another one is those uh, Fox Run uh, silicone mats. Oh, my God. Those are great. Aren't yes. they the best? Yeah. I ne- I need more. And they're not that expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is um, any cookware from uh, what's that one brand? Not Teflon. Uh, not Cuisinart. No. Starts with a C. Um, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, um, Calphalon. Calphalon. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have any look, of those. Look for the Calphalon cookware because everything they make is amazing. Um, I've had them for years. I I swear mm-hmm. by them. 
they're well worth it. Um, if you're looking for an air fryer, um, the best one that I've used. So I'm on the Amazon and they send me shit to review. Oh, nice. Um, and the best air fryer that I've used so far is the Chefman. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't have an air fryer currently. I really should look at one because I have a deep fryer and I've used it and deep frying is awesome, but oh my god, the mess. So calorific too. Yeah. Well it if as long as you're as long as you don't overdo it. But like if exactly. I could if I could do tater tots without having to use like a half gallon of peanut oil. Or forty five minutes in the fucking oven and right. you have to turn those little fucks. Right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Not that I always do, but yeah. No, but I, I fully use the Chefman uh to make tater tots all the time. They come out perfectly. Um it's I think it's like mm-hmm. seventy five bucks. Oh, that's not that bad. Yeah, and this is not bad at all. Uh worth every penny. Um if you're looking for an induction burner, like one of those freestanding individual units, yeah. uh look for Duck's Top, D U X T O P. Yeah. Induction I burners. Promise oh. you, Kevin. If you get one, you will absolutely fall in love. Well, I've been I've been thinking about actually uh, um, switching because, again, range twenty years old came with a house. Don't right? switch to the regular stove to induction. Switch it to gas. Well, yeah, I know. I, I get gas, um, but they have induction stoves as well. Don't do it. Don't do it. No, you'll hate it. Okay. But I, I do you want to You can't guess. do the thing where you lift up the pan and toss things. Oh. It's going to scream at you the entire time. Yes. Okay. The only thing the induction burner is good for mm-hmm. is bringing large quantities of water to boil very, very quickly. Okay. I gotcha. I gotcha. So um, I hate every induction burner I've cooked on and mm-hmm. I wish they would all die. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I would get I would get gas, but I have to have gas brought to the house. You can't get one of those big ass propane tanks outside. We have one. Um, I'd need to so, get a bigger one. So do the thing. I I I'd need to get a bigger one, and I have to have it. It's eighty bucks. It's eighty bucks a refill on that thing. Motherfuck. Yeah, no, it's not like when I lived. I, so I lived. This this is my second house. Obviously, we bought this one because my ex and I needed a bigger house to have another because we had. Uh, kids um and my first house we actually had like a natural gas line from the natural gas company and as you do as you do and it was dirt cheap right 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 so now this well i don't have that here right that, uh... that isn't available here i have to get the propane tank and i have to have the propane company come out and fill it and like i said even even it's a small tank and but it's 80 bucks at fill Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to be said for, I wish I had proper natural gas out here because (laughs) then I would, I would have a gas, I would have a gas dryer. I would have a gas stove. I would, you know, um, gas heater, gas, gas, hot water heater, gas, Mm -hmm. hot water heaters. Great. Um, cause if you're on city water and you don't have to worry about losing power, if you lose power, you still have water. If you have a gas, hot water heater, you can still get hot water it might or maybe yeah. warm water but still it's not like everything's fucking freezing right um but yeah gas hot water heater gas heater change you know instead of the electric heat pump thing for everything oh my god yeah no there'd be so much different 
that that's the downside of living in the middle of nowhere. Right. Is that I, so I don't have that. I have to, you know, I have a big tank of propane out there that I could, that I use for the gas logs that are there in case of emergency, AKA when the power goes out in the winter, we have a way to heat the house. Y'all get power cuts. Um, yes, because the ice will pull down the power lines. Hello. What? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, we don't get snow; we get ice. Okay, oh. so so first thing, yeah. So a quarter inch of ice is really, really heavy, and we still have places where there aren't underground lines; they're above, they're they're aerial lines, right? So no, I mean, it's, it's why just just make the underground lines like it's be, better because it uh, but it also costs a lot of money to do and we're we're, we're we're in a co-op we're, it's not one of the big things so yeah so every so often we have a bad ice storm or a hurricane or i mean oh right i forgot y'all get hurricanes yeah we too. get hurricanes yeah and so a power line goes down um and then okay so we don't have power i have a generator that's fine okay but I can't afford a generator big enough to drive the whole house. I have a generator that'll drive like the fridge and some lights a couple hours and a day. And that's it. Yeah. Just enough to keep the food from spoiling and to get us time to, to, you know, not be wandering around in the dark. I could run the generator 24 hours a day, but I have to refill. I have to stop it. And, you know, it's got eight hours worth of gas. So I have to stop right. and refill every so often. Right. And petrol is not fucking cheap. Um, no, it's not. As a matter of fact, uh, given the amount of time I can get out of the gas logs with a full tank of that and trying to run a, an electric generator out of gasoline or diesel, the natural gas costs less. Wow. Right. Because I mean, we're talking $3 a gallon. I have to do eight. It's something like, uh, $3 a gallon. Yeah, I know. It's not like New York where it's significantly more expensive. No, no, it's cheaper in Jersey. Well, yeah, it's cheap. Okay, is it? Wow. Yeah, uh, we pay like two sixty five, two eighty, give or take. I was yeah, so I was I was excited when I was. Um, of course, I also have this. I mean, that's not the cheap stuff. I buy premium for my car because my car needs premium, or it does bad things to the the engine. Um, Your car is a fancy bitch. <laughs> my car, yeah. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Camaro, right? It's a one SS V eight Camaro. Yes, we do not fuck with that. We, <laughs> we, we do not put the bad gas in it because it gets very expensive to fix the 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 fuel injection it'll system. Yeah. yeah, it'll fuck things up really bad. Um, so yeah, okay, maybe it's two fifty for for regular gas, but again, two fifty times five gallons, right? Right. Every eight hours. Oh Jesus! Right, so we're talking fifteen gallons at two fifty gallon, and that's a day. And that's going to cost you a fucking fortune, right? Before the night's out, right? Which is why you know the 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 generator's emergency. Only I test it before every hurricane is sort of a <laughs> don't let it cut power. But that's the whole idea around that is that um, the trade off for living all the way out here is these are the things you have to be concerned with, mm -hmm. and keeping food fresh bringing it all the way back and is is one of those things that you have to you have to keep in mind um we're going to get a new outdoor gas grill oh my god having an outdoor gas grill is like a lifesaver in those situations because i can boil water if i don't have power yeah on a gas grill 
And right? you'll have propane and propane accessories. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, that's, well, that's, that's what the gas tank is. It's propane. It's not natural gas. It's propane. Right. right? So the logs, so the gas logs keep us warm. We can get it about 65 degrees average on the downstairs. Uh, and I know this because we went like three or four days, my ex-wife and I, three or four days without power in an ice storm in 2002, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like some friends of ours who were out for three weeks. Oh, no. I remember back in the early aughts, um, yeah. I was in Florida and mm-hmm. um, uh, some hurricane hit. And yep. then right up the asshole of that hurricane, the next one hit like right after. Yep. We had no power for four weeks. Yep. Um, I was working tech support at the computer lab at the university that I graduated from. And they had compressed the entirety of the staff down to one room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Because nobody was coming in because a lot of people like fully were not able to do shit. Um, everyone came in looking rough. Mm-hmm. nobody's blow dryers were working yep and in the florida humidity the hair tends oh yeah to do that thing <laughs> when i had hair mine mine yeah no i understand yeah it was mm-hmm. fucking terrible um so the library where we were all uh in um is a one million square foot library it's fucking huge right um that's why the entirety of the staff of the whole university was able to fit in there. And because I'm working for the computer lab, um, we got the generator. So we had air conditioning and, um, you know, power and all the rest of it. Um, it was the fucking worst. Oh yeah. No, it's no fun. And there's this, the, the whole thing around, um, Back to hospitality, it, there will be, around here at least, there's a whole thing where, okay, you don't have power, um, do you need to come to our house for showers? Yeah. Like, we will, you know, it is it is more than, you, you can come borrow our bathroom. I understand yeah. you don't have running water and, you know, you're flushing your toilet with yep. stuff out of the rain barrel, that's fine, but do you need a shower? Because if you need a shower, just come on over. You know. Also, if you need to eat something, come on over, we got food, it's fine. Yeah. And so, yeah. like... The entire neighborhood that I was living in, um, so I was, I think I was vegetarian back in those days. Mm-hmm. Uh, the neighbors would make sure that I had stuff to eat um, mm-hmm. when they grilled on the barbecue because there was nothing else to cook on. Right, like, right. Nobody had gas. It was all electric stoves. They were all shitty. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, and everybody had to use up whatever they had in the fridge and the icebox because... Otherwise, it's going to go off. Um, And so they would make sure um, that we got something to eat, like, regardless. And and this is what I'm talking about when I'm saying, like, food is something that brings people together. Yes, absolutely. And hospitality should be something that's that's sacrosanct. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and rolling it all back when you have if you have the means to do it i mean everybody in that situation for whatever reason everybody comes together yeah right doesn't matter doesn't matter as as everybody comes together you're not going to hear somebody go oh well we don't want them mexicans coming over here to eat our leftover our our beef because because of the hurricane it's 
Frankly, no. the Mexicans are probably it, the ones cooking for the white people, but that's a whole nother. Rosita and Miguel are yeah. more than welcome at the fucking barbecue because if we don't eat this shit, it's going to go off. Right, right. And uh, aside from the fact that, like, everybody is helping everybody out get, get out from under things or clear their yards or move stuff off their house yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And it's it's interesting how in those situations, basic hospitality rules happen, and the moment everybody's comfortable... They go out the window. They go out the window. Right. Right. Thinking of good grills, though, do you have yeah. a recommendation for a gas grill, or is that all up to me? Um, so I know that the um, there's one that starts with a W whose name I cannot remember. Weber. Um, Weber, yes. yes. The Weber grills are the best that I've ever grilled on. Okay. Now, are you talking about the Weber that use actual flame, or the web, the new ones that I'm seeing out there, they're like, oh, it uses infrared heat for a perfect cook. Ew. Yeah, Ew. I know. There's no no direct application of flame. That is no bullshit. No, I hate you. Yes, and fuck you. And yeah. that's not a thing. And fuck off and die. I can, I can, I can, I can send you photos next time I go to the Lowe's Home Improvement where they've got all these these that are like, oh no, it'll cook you the perfect tender steak. But no, it, fucking won't. Yeah, there's no fire. Where's the fire, bitch? The the fire is like three layers down, and it's not actually directly attaching, uh, hitting it. Right? I'm like, no, there go. No, no, no. Ergo. <laughs> if, if, if I can't accidentally burn it, you know, if I'm not getting that caramelization, it's not grilling. The Maillard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If we, if we can't do the Mallards, we all need to fuck off. Right. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So, but Weber, I mean, Weber grills overall are pretty good. I kind of like charcoal, but I just don't have the time or energy for charcoal. No, just get the propane one. It's fine. Yeah. Because I've noticed that the flavor difference is mm -hmm. minimal. Um, yes, you get that smoke from the charcoal, yeah. but like sometimes you don't want the smoke from the <laughs> charcoal. Sometimes you get the smoke from the charcoal from the lighter fluid. Yeah. And that's, and that's a whole, it's yeah. It's not great. Yeah. No, I've been considering getting a smoker as well. Oh, fully do it. Yeah. Well, Ursula's like, I will buy you a new grill. You just have to tell me which one. I'm like, oh, dear God. Yes. Oh, this is going to take some time. Yeah, exactly. Google some shit. <laughs> I have to make sure I'm getting the right grill because, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I totally want to smoke. I want to do, for for Thanksgiving one year, I want to smoke a turkey instead of, of roasting or frying a turkey. What you also want to do with regards to the smoker mm -hmm. is uh, smoke eggplant. Oh, my God, I bet. It will legit change your life, and you will wonder <laughs> why the fuck you've been eating it any other way. I well yeah I I did try to taste raw eggplant once and that was a horrible mistake. That's not good. Yeah no grill it, bake it. Realize that it's going to go from this tough spongy <laughs> thing to this slimy sweet delicious bit. But yeah, don't eat it. So raw. I I thought I hated eggplant until mm -hmm. um I was I think I was her maid of honor at her wedding. Anyway um I was. She called me the man of honor. I was the fucking maid of honor, whatever. <laughs> um, at her wedding, and we were going to her mom's house six hours out of uh, New York City mm. um, in upstate. And um, her fiance is Israeli, and they're already married. They've been married for years. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he made this eggplant dish where it was like these teeny tiny little eggplants, um, and he grilled them and he kept turning them so that the skin gets blackened. Yes. Um, and split them in half mm -hmm. and put tahini on top. Oh my God. 
And like my life was changed. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, what is this? This is so good. And he was like, it's eggplant, Dino. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eggplant is one of those, you have to know how to cook it right things. You smoke it, you grill it, mm -hmm. you cook it over flame. Mm -hmm. It's going to be amazing. Yes. You cook it like the Indians do, and it's going to be terrible. You, uh, if you cook it like the Italians do, it's fine. Uh, yeah, where they bread it and they deep fry it and do all that other shit. Then yeah. you bake, and then you bake it. Eggplant parmesan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was so great. Um, mm -hmm. But like this fucking tiny ass eggplant that was mm -hmm. grilled over the fires um, with just a splash of tahini, and I was like. I did not know that this vegetable could taste this amazing. <laughs> I've had like, a couple like that, yeah. No salt, no mm -hmm. lime, no nothing. Tahini, eggplant, done. Well, I mean, the tahini has some salt in it, but yeah, no, I, I get no, it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't? Tahini is sesame. It's just it's just. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Just uh, right. Tahini, not not the other stuff that I'm thinking not of. Not the sauce sauce. Right, 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 right. The tahini, the ingredient in my hummus, not... <laughs> Not the rest of it. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But, like, if you ever decide to build a smoker, mm -hmm. do the fucking eggplant and do mushrooms. I'm not going to build a smoker. I'm going to buy a smoker. But, yes, uh, mushrooms, uh, eggplant, um, oh, my God. Uh, Peppers. Mozzarella. Yeah. Smoked yeah. mozzarella is Smoke the most amazing thing. Smoked mozzarella is a thing. Yeah. No, I, I have to, I order it from Arthur's Avenue Deli in fucking New York. To get the best fucking smoked <laughs> mozzarella, I that shit is amazing. Why uh, the Christ are you not here, Kevin? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> okay, so you um, should be living in New York because you're one of us. I well, I did. I lived in New York for two years. What a ride. I love talking to Dino, and it's always a ride. And going back and listening to this one really in depth so that I can catch all the links has just been uh, um, astounding. Because a lot of people, Crimson, I'm looking at you, are like, God, why don't you just call each other on the regular or email <laughs> or whatever? But then I come back and I listen to that, and I, I say, I think that wouldn't capture all of this stuff, this discussion is just so, you know, just so amazing. When I'm going back and listening to it again, like it, it seemed, yes, Sergey, please don't help me with the keyboard. Why don't you scoot off the table? Um, <laughs> this is a thing that happens in our house. But, I mean, I go back and I listen to it. And you feel it has value for listeners. And I feel it's it's just so deep that I, I have to share it. I mean, I cut out some bits. I mean, I... I I cut out some bits about, uh, like, you didn't need to hear me, like, the two of us, like, since recording was running, going to the bathroom. Yeah. I mean, we weren't talking to each other, it's just different <laughs> rooms, it's just that the mics were on, and that's what happens, you know. Or, 
like the last one, I cut out the bit where the dogs were losing their mind over the UPS guy. Right. <laughs> uh, but overall, this is, you know, this is what we talk about. And I even, I felt a little bad about it, but I did leave in the bit where I was showing him some of the footage of Mama Goth and the babies. This is before Mama Goth got it. Yes. And so it's a little bittersweet listening to it now, but it's still, I almost cut that part out. I really did, but I, I couldn't, I couldn't in good conscience because it's, we, yeah. it's, it's weird how emotionally attached you get to chickens. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Uh, incidentally, the, the, for fans at home of Strong mm-hmm. Independent Chicken, she and the large rooster oh my God. are like an old married couple. Oh they, my God. they go around, they go around together. Mm-hmm. They sort of talk to each other constantly with the clucking and the cooing and the chirps. And they're just always hanging out together. And occasionally they do get it on. I I assume I've only seen it the once. Yeah, that's, I, I, yeah, I haven't caught any of that on video. Yes. Well, no, that would be weird, but, but, and Lorge is, has a limp because we think we, he broke his back toe, yeah. but it's healed up pretty well. So, but he's still, yeah, I mean, he's going to be it, limping for the rest of his life. So. Quite possibly. But he's certainly much better than he was uh, before we got back from Anthrocon. Yes. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's doing much better. He's not mm-hmm. in any pain. So it's mm-hmm. just that we have, you know, a limping rooster and the chicken who loves him and they are apparently really good buddies and she tries to burrow under him at night sometimes on yeah, the perch oh my and god it's it's i, I want to throw up it's so cute it <laughs> my di- my toes want to fall off it's so sweet it's, uh, yeah the point is that that they seem strong independent chicken seems very happy she does and she does. uh we we are still sad that we lost mama goth but mm-hmm. the new chicks are who are getting very large now the jersey giants are substantial <laughs> they're they're actually approaching strong independent chicken size yes now. and the uh the other two have the easter and monique the dominique have a lot of personality <laughs> oh boy uh yeah one's the brains and one's the brawn i think the i think monique is the brain oh she's definitely the brain. and ee is the brawn because she's the one who'll come flying like flapping out of the air to to drive off someone <laughs> they're very bouncy oh my god yeah i can't i can't wait to be able to get video and share it that's yes. that's also part of this is i want to be able to capture video and share it and um, if we're lucky and all goes mm-hmm. to plan we will get two of dotson the roosters uh offspring offspring mm-hmm. in the next few weeks uh yes he found love up north with a uh, <laughs> Sumatra hen. Yes, who who thought he was just the sexiest thing on two legs, and uh, they had a a. They've had their first litter. Yes, their, their first yes. brood. Their I first think. brood. Yeah, yeah, and there are two hens out of it, and or two pullets out of mm-hmm. it. So, uh, who are apparently very wild and sleep in trees and weird ass looking chickens, but. Of course, you know, we are delighted to, oh, to absolutely. get them. So We will have more mutant chickens. <laughs> I believe mutant chicken, until we start raising heritage breeds specifically, we will have the flock of mutant chickens. Yes, the, the, mm-hmm. uh, the survival of the weirdest flock, I guess. Yes, that is, that is accurate. So for those of you who collect the open badges, this week's badge code is cooking2. Uh, it's the word cooking and the number two on the end of it. I bet you can guess what next week's is going to be as well. 
I don't know. I may need to go away and think about that for a bit. (laughs) The... You can find out more about open badges and how to submit badge codes at productivityalchemy.com. There's a, a badge how-to thing in the drop-down menu that explains it all. And I'm trying to think what else. Uh, if you are a Patreon sponsor, you got a new novella this week. That's true. Uh, my novella Minor Mage dropped, and... Uh, you can download it directly through Patreon, or if you just want to buy it outright, go for it. It's available on Kindle. There are print volumes available on Amazon, direct through the publisher, or an independent bookstore can order it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and This uh, is, again, uh, Argyle's doing the physical copies? Yes. Yes. And uh, it's a fun little book. Mm-hmm. It's it. It will not, you know, you will probably not have to cry. It is not super tragic. Uh, you will not be forced to grapple with your inner demons. It's just kind of a fun little story about a boy and his talking armadillo. Yep. And then we are about two weeks away, a little over two weeks away from Worldcon. Uh, something I mean, like that. We yes. go to Ireland in a week and a half. We're gonna spend, yes. Uh, so yeah. I guess you'll have some things planned. Uh, no, it's time for the summer break. Oh, we'll have I a was, summer break. That's right. I take two weeks off in the summer, uh, usually around Worldcon. Yes. And I'm not feeling pressured. I mean, I got the stuff out for the weeks we were in Tibet, so I'm not feeling pressured to, to cover the two weeks or, or two weeks off. So we'll wrap up with Dina next week, and then we'll, we'll take a two week break for Worldcon and Bubonicon. Still not sure if uh, the Hidden Almanac will continue during that time frame or not. That's fair. It's going to depend on the uh, whether or not our stunt voice gets me the stuff it came in today holy crap really yeah oh wow okay uh for (laughs) okay this is the first announcement yes it is yes it is but uh the hidden almanac is going to be wrapping up soon we are we are careening towards the end of the plot line uh yes there was sort of an overarching meta plot i realize it was well hidden. Once, once we've once it crept in, it started to interweave itself over the last couple of years. And we are aiming for nine hundred episodes, even. Yep. And uh, so that's a. As you... It looks like we're gonna miss. I was hoping we would hit that on the sixth anniversary to the day. I'm probably gonna miss that. Okay. I don't know. I'll I'll have to figure out episodes and things like that. But the whole idea is that this is a story that's actually coming to a close. It started kind of open-ended, sort of like, I don't know, another epic (laughs) 700, 800 episode page thing that you started. And then the plot crept in and this is we're, we're reaching the point where it's time to pull all the threads together. Yep. And uh, we have, we have loved doing the hidden almanac. It's not a, a lack of enjoyment. It's just things are, are, Pulling towards the end, stories stories have their ends, and yeah. I am I am always willing to end one. Um, and I gotta say, I hate when I go and I'm reading a story that that whatever, and they drag it out for no apparent reason other than to drag it out. Had it's it's like okay, I love Supernatural in a lot of ways. They could have very easily ended after season five and just let it done, like was the original plan. And then there are two seasons of Rough, and then they've started to do some really good storytelling with it since then. Yes. Um, but even then, there's a there's a whole bunch of filler in there. It's like, or uh, Preacher, the comic Preacher. 
there are like at least a year's worth of stuff in there that was basically in there because they kept throwing money. I think at Garth Ennis, like the storytelling is not as good. The plot line diverges wildly from the main plot. You can tell sort of where that break is and then where it picks back up to the, okay, it's time to end this thing. But, you know, and it, it drives me crazy, especially if I'm reading it, like, like in a big serial or listening Mm -hmm. to it in a big serial binging, right? If I'm binging and I hit this spot, Oh God, Dragon Ball Z was the worst (laughs) where they'd have to do like, 20 episodes because they were waiting for the next issue of the comic. Bleach did a whole filler yeah. arc that was regrettable. Yeah. Now, they might have done more than that, but I stopped paying attention after that filler arc, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and the thing is, yeah. we are very proud of what we've done oh with the Hidden God, Almanac. Yeah. It's, it's one of our, our, frankly, I think a really awesome achievement. Mm-hmm. But 900 episodes is a lot. It is. And I, I don't feel bad about uh, pulling it all together for that. Nope. And uh, seeing, you know, Morden Drom's arc uh, not rap. yeah this, this arc rap i i they may come back someday i'm not they making are any delightful promises. yes yes they may make side appearances and other things yes i personally um i love mord and being mord on occasion it's just at uh, this is where the story where this story is going to wrap yes so yeah anyway no, speaking times. of rapping mm-hmm so I guess we, we can announce on Twitter tomorrow as yes. well. Speaking uh, of wrapping, yeah, we, we should wrap, wrap up this. this. Yep. So uh, as mentioned, you can support us on Patreon. Patre- Ursula V. Yes. Patreon.com slash Ursula V. You can buy me a coffee. KO-FI.com slash KSunny. All of those are linked in the support section of ProductivityAlchemy.com. And as always, we are doing fine right now. So this might be a great time to give money to your favorite climate change charity oh God, to yeah. uh, uh, border, you know, uh, races, Texas, R-A-I-C-E-S. Yes. It does great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are links t- in prior episodes. Yes. Because uh, I, I I feel bad adding more links to this episode. Uh, quite understandable, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, give some money to people who could use it and to mm-hmm. do good. Right. And on that note, folks, we will talk to you next week. And in the meantime, stay productive.